Welcome back to the Cape Verse podcast. <laughs> my voice went. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is not a good start. <clears throat> Third time's a charm. Uh, welcome back to the Cape Verse podcast. Um, I'm your host, Thomas. With me is my temporary co-host, maybe permanent co-host, Louis. <laughs> Hello. You'll be sick of the sound of my voice, but hello. <laughs> I I was sick of the sound of your voice since the first day we met. In that, in that, that dark, <laughs> in that dark alleyway where you approached me for the first time. <laughs> a man's got to make money any way you can. <laughs> and speaking of dark alleyways, this Ooh. week we're talking about the Batman. It just makes it sound like a cheap hussy on the street. <laughs> Dark alleyways is a very apt way to describe this movie, I feel. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dark alleyways. Perfect for Glasgow. Um... <laughs> where, where some of this movie was filmed. It was, um, I, I actually seen a post that sort of said, oh, like, finally they got Gotham right. And, like, they're just saying, well, yeah, that's, that's just Glasgow. Um <laughs> <laughs> I saw one because uh, Glasgow has become the home of Gotham now. The Flash has filmed Gotham scenes there. Batgirl is currently filming there. Um, they've talked about filming the Batman sequel there, potentially, if there is a sequel, oh, uh, which we'll talk about later. Yep. <laughs> so Glasgow has become the home of Gotham, and they were filming a scene for Batgirl in the Trongate area. And mm-hmm. I saw someone had like post on Twitter, was like, oh, it makes a lot of sense they'll film in Trongate. It's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, um, you know, actually, I love seeing uh, my friend who lives in Glasgow, I won't say her name, just because I like looking out of her window because it looks like a Gotham yeah. skyline. It's great. But yeah, so this week we're talking about the Batman. We both saw it yesterday, actually, didn't we? Yeah, feels like an age ago. It does. I was thinking this yesterday. I was like, "Fuck, that was just yesterday." But it feels like a lifetime feels like two ago. Weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, in a good way because it feels like the first thing I wanted to do when I got back home was watch the film again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, I, it, it was genuinely so good. We're gonna we're gonna talk non spoilers first because it's it's yeah. brand new out. A lot of people haven't seen it yet, so we'll talk uh, spoiler free first, and then we'll get into spoilers later on. But just to, um, I thought just to kick off, we should probably talk about the road to getting this movie. Because it's been kind of a complicated one. This movie originally started life as a Ben Affleck solo movie. It was going to be written and directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck. R.I.P. <laughs> I know, right? And the, the few details that we've got about that movie over the years... Um, it sounds like a movie I really wanted to see. It was going to originally star Ben Affleck, obviously. And the idea was that Deathstroke <laughs> um, was basically wanting to ruin Bruce Wayne's life because Bruce Wayne was responsible for the death of his son. So Deathstroke was basically going through Bruce Wayne. He'd, he'd learn at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League that Bruce say, that Wayne is Batman. Exactly. That that, that's, that was the point of that tease. Oh. Deathstroke learns his name and then would spend the film basically ruining his life, ruining his career, ruining his public reputation. 
dismantling his life. And then on a physical level, because they were both trained by the League of Shadows, Deathstroke would overpower Batman. And Batman would need the help of Batgirl to defeat Deathstroke. Um, and it sounds like it was going to be him taking Batgirl under his wing and passing the mantle onto her a little bit. Because um, the idea is that this Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, is older. So eventually he won't be able to do the Batman thing forever, so he has to pass it on to someone else and pass it on to Batgirl. Um, however, after the Justice League reshoot, Ben Affleck had kind of like wiped his hands with the role. He was going through some personal difficulties at the time. Which I mean, it's fair enough. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, and he's he's been quite honest and open about his the stuff he was struggling through at the time. But you know, it's not really the place to talk about it here. <laughs> but essentially, it meant that he originally he stepped away from directing and writing the film and was just going to start. So in 2017, Warner Brothers starts shopping around for someone to take over the Batman project, and they go to Matt Reeves, or at least Matt, I think Matt Reeves went to them, and Matt Reeves was basically like, look. I will make a Batman movie for you. It will be a very good Batman movie, but it has to be under my terms. And Warner Brothers listened to Matt Reeves and essentially fired Ben Affleck from the movie, Mm. separated the movie away from the main timeline, the main continuity of DC, like the movies that are out at the moment, and set it in its own separate universe. And because of that, it's had kind of a big effect on Batman in their main DC universe. Uh, which I think we should talk about later on. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they, they separated the the universe. They cast Robert Pattinson after like a, a long uh, casting search. But even though Robert Pattinson had been cast as Batman, people were still uncertain about what this movie was. And for a long time, I think Pattinson was cast in like 2019. Um and for a long yeah. time, there was a big debate whether or not the Pattinson Batman was going to be a prequel to Affleck or if it was set in the same universe as Joker. Which, which... would have felt so good having the Affleck Batman prequel. Yeah. And to be honest, after seeing this movie, this movie could be a Ben Affleck prequel. Fits perfect. It, it, oh, like, minor, obviously, the casting choices. It fits yeah. perfect. Like... Which will... Again, we'll talk about it as we go on. But this, um, there's nothing really narrative wise, like story speaking, that makes this Batman feel like he has to be in a universe on his own or that he couldn't be the precursor to Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this, this movie kind of only exists because Warner Brothers. Uh, fucked over Zack Snyder, fucked over Ben Affleck, fucked over Ray Fisher. Um, a lot of people had to get screwed over by the company to get this movie. So, do you think that this, that all of that was worth it to get this movie? It, I guess it depends on what you wanted <laughs> as an outcome. And with, with hindsight, I think if as a movie itself, I thought it was phenomenal, and I thought it was a very good Batman movie. So it. Objectively, yes. I guess it was worth it. It was however, worth it. Thank however, God all those people were <laughs> fucked over. However, if they hadn't have fucked over all them people, what could we have gotten? And I think that's the, the, I think that's the sad bit. 
and I think that's having an Affleck flick, like a prequel, hmm. it, I, it would have excited me so much. Like, if you, yeah, you have everything the same. Uh, anyway, yeah, that is Because this is, this is something that we should, that we'll talk about in, like, uh, the the non-spoilers because we don't really need to divulge, divulge a lot of spoilers oh. to talk about his performance but Robert Pattinson as Batman he's perfect yeah he like I'm not gonna lie right like when I heard this back in 2019 or whenever they think I was so aggressively against him being Batman but then yeah. but then purely and that was purely because of the Twilight thing but then basically his dark past but then, but then when i started watching more films with him in it like the lighthouse and uh tenet and so yeah this other acting i started to get more of like a love for his acting as I, I really started to feel the darker side of what he can do and i think that that sort of flares out in this a lot i think it was um because when they were talking about they were going to hire a new a new batman and there was a lot of confusion about the continuity of this film I thought it was going to be, um, oh, Flash is going to reset the timeline and Ben Affleck's going to get replaced, yeah. which is kind of what's going to happen eventually. But I thought it would be they'd still want an older Batman. And yeah. I was like, John Hamm. John Hamm would be perfect. If, if Ben Affleck's out and doesn't want to be part of it anymore, the best person to replace him would have been John Hamm. And then when they were like, no, we're doing a younger Batman, early days Batman, and we're casting Robert Pattinson, like, even though the only thing I'd really seen him in, because this is before Tenet, before I saw The Lighthouse, the only thing I'd really seen him in was the Twilight films. For some reason, when the casting was announced, I was like, no, that's that's going to work. Like, he's been cast for a reason. He's going to bring something to this role. I, I reckon that's going to... I was, I, was, I was annoyed that we weren't getting a Ben Affleck film. Yeah, yeah, a solo. But I was curious to see what Pattinson would do. And this movie, his first scene, when you first see the Batman, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's good. It's like fuck. Like you Technic- just see Batman. Technically you, technically, you can ruin it because it's not even. That's not even ruinable because it was in the trailer. It is but, in the trailer. Yeah, I, I still don't want to say because the the okay. setup to that scene well, is so good. But the yeah. um, his first appearance is just like it is in the trailer. That that is first scene. I think his last scene is also in the trailers, maybe. Um, yes. Well, uh, anyway. We'll, yeah. Which we'll talk about later. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a lot of this later. Um, but yeah, his he just he just looks and feels like Batman. Well, the, th- the thing that I, I think works really well is because the other Batmans we've had, like, Okay, yeah, Bale looked young, but he, he looked like an old young. He looked like he was in his like yeah. fucking early thirties. But like he like this Batman, like wrote Pattinson Batman, felt so much like a moody teenager or like an early twenties teenager that just went through the shit. There was one scene like and obviously like this is he's taken off the mask and like he just looks he's like it's rugged but like he's got like an emo flick going across his hair he's got like the he's makeup still got the makeup and you just and you just he looks like a moody teenager he looks like i fucking i cannot explain how much i love that they kept their makeup on the eyes yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember that bit in batman returns <laughs> where <laughs> fucking the 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 camera is at keaton and he's got the eye makeup under the mask it cuts to Michelle Pfeiffer, it cuts back to Keaton, and the eye makeup is gone because he's about to take the mask off. 
and he peels the <laughs> mask off and the makeup's gone. It's like, that's some bullshit. So and every, for, every Batman since then has done the same thing. They've done the makeup under the eyes, but they take the mask off, the makeup's gone. Yeah. And it's like, right, you either do white lenses in the in the cowl, like in the yeah. comics, which was yeah, the white which eyes. Would, which would look cool, I think. Exactly. Or you just do the makeup under the eyes and he still has the makeup on. And fucking Pattinson has the makeup on. There's a it bit where he has the... There's there's a part, this isn't really, this is a minor spoiler, so skip but, forward a couple minutes. No, but no, just a, don't, don't say it yet. If it's no, because it's, it's not really a spoiler, but there's just, there's a part where he has to, again, skip forward if you don't hear anything, but he has to sneak in somewhere as Batman, but he can't wear the mask at the time. He has to go in and then become Batman when he's in the place. So That's when he sneaks in... It's yeah, it's like a minor it's a, spoiler. It's not a spoiler. But when he sneaks in, he has the makeup on. Because he's gonna he can't put the makeup on when he's in there, so he has the makeup on yeah. ready for when he has to put the mask on. And those little details have been ignored by even Nolan, who's so like everything has to be real. Even yeah. he would gloss over that shit. But I like that those little details help inform the character in this film. Um but his his performance as Batman is really good. What where would you rank it against the other Batman we had? Uh, I mean against like Batman for Batman's sake, the actual character itself, I'd say it's top, but then I think it's different. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think obviously they're yeah. very different stages of their life. So I, I like exactly. Batman, I like Ben Affleck's Batman. But I all like them for different reasons. Like I, I love Ben Affleck because he's the broken Batman. I love Christian Bale because he's sort of like you see him become the Batman, but then he's like he's Ninja side. Batman. He's Ninja Batman. Yeah. He's all elbows and knees and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And Patterson's just so much. It it feels like the real Batman. It feels like a real Batman as if it was in real life. Like he's not super. Like, yeah, I mean, even Christian Bale felt like a little bit of a superhero rather than just a guy in a suit. Mm. Like, Pattinson actually feels like a guy in a suit. Like, you see him crashing into shit and falling over and just shit like that, like, realistic yeah, cause shit, that's, do you know what I mean? That's the thing with um, with uh, Batman Begins, you see a, a bit of him learning to be Batman, where he, like, he jumps off that rooftop and he kind of, like, doesn't quite make the landing and shit yeah. like that. Um, you you learn you see that type of stuff, but it's very brief. For the most part, by the end of Batman Begins, he is a fully formed Batman. Yeah, he's got the gimmicks, he's got the look, he's got the cave kind of, he's got the like, car. Like he is fully this Batman. Even though we're we're we're, sit, we're meeting this Batman two years in, he is. Yeah. And I like that they it, did that it, as well. I like the way they referenced that. Like he's got yeah. like a little journal where he's writing down everything. Yeah. And that even, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that, those kind of things in a bit. But like, um, his uh, we're meeting him when he's kind of he's so far along this journey that he's got most of the stuff, but mm-hmm. he's still a little. He's he's not practiced a lot of the stuff, you know. He's still kind of like he's still figuring himself out. He's got the skills, he's got the look, he's got kind of the reputation, but he's still figuring things out. And I like that. They sort of went with it the same route that Spider-Man Homecoming did, where Homecoming, yeah. it skipped the origin, but it, it it was more about him figuring out how to be Spider-Man the same way this yeah. is him trying to figure out how to be yeah. Batman. Um, 
And what's also interesting, I was thinking about this the other day when I was I was I was on Letterbox and I was doing my rankings of the the Batman films. And I say the other day, last night. Yeah, I was going to say, when did you have time to do that between the films? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I'd ranked this movie between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, and then I sort of looked at those three movies together, and I thought, you know what? In terms of like timeline, The Batman is a movie that could in a weird timeline sort of way, fit in between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Because it's not an origin story, but it's before... Like, say it was the same guy and it was the same universe and shit. It would yeah. kind of line up a little bit. I think you'd need to have to... You'd need to buff Batman Begins Batman out. Like, Christian Bale's Batman in the beginning, you'd need to make him a lot less competent at the end. Yeah. And you'd have to yeah. take away some of the fucking shit that he's got like some of the gadgets and shit i mean and have it like a bit more basic and a bit more sort of like realistic and then you could have it as i reckon a good transition film true but for me personally it is hard to kind of compare the batman because i've seen a lot of people go ben affleck's the better batman robert pattinson's the better batman than affleck blah blah blah. but the point of ben affleck's batman is He's a much older, much more experienced Batman. He's been mm-hmm. at this for so long, a lot of it is routine. But there's an extra complication with Affleck's Batman in the fact that in BVS, when we meet him for the first time in this universe, he's in a very dark place. Yeah. Um, the movie is dead vague about why he's in a dark place. It kind of implies that it's the death of Robin. It also implies that it's because of... Um, uh, Superman and the Metropolis incident, but then the culmination of the movie is him saving a kind of uh, saving a metaphor of his mother because he could never do it when he was a kid. So it's like, well, maybe it's the death of his parents that's driven him to a dark place. Like the reason he's in that dark place is dead vague because but I think then- Zack Snyder was like. I want it to be because of Superman, but then it makes no sense that he's beating up criminals because Superman's around. So maybe he's beating up criminals because criminals killed Robin, but then I don't really want to talk about Robin, so no one's going to mention Robin, no one's going to say anything, but we'll have the costume. I don't think it can be parents as much, because like that means that he would have been the angriest Batman from the beginning all the way to the end. Exactly, but at the same time, the catharsis and culmination of that movie is the Martha scene. Where he's like, I promise you, Martha won't die tonight, and he goes and saves Martha, and then like, in the at the end of the movie, he's like, I made a promise, I'm gonna put together a team because I, I'm not gonna fail Superman. I'm, I'm I've 180. I'm completely changed my mind, and I think that the the problem with comparing it to Ben Affleck's Batman is we never really got to see Ben Affleck's Batman in his prime, you know. If they'd have done a movie where Batman is hit, where Affleck is is Batman doing Batman stuff and then Robin dies and that sends him on the dark path. Yeah. It would be different. But we're like meeting him halfway through a character arc. Whereas this Batman, he's younger. He's at the he's start the of game. his journey. Yeah. 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 And, and Affleck's Batman was near the end of his journey, really. You know, the whole point of Justice League is about his sort of redemption almost. Um him coming, he's he's not as brutal anymore. He's a little more lighthearted. He's got a purpose. He's got a reason. He's got something he's trying to fight for, and 
so it's it's hard to compare the two because they serve different functions. They're they're at completely different ends of the Batman timeline. One's at the very beginning, one's near the end. So they're hard to compare. But in terms of comparing him to to Christian Bale, I think this Batman does a better version of a young Batman than Bale did. Yeah. Because yeah. because Batman's origin's been reinterpreted so many times. There's been so many different comics like uh Year Zero. Earth One, Year One, this, that, and everything else. Fucking Arkham Origins, a video game. Different versions where they show Batman as a young man, and a lot of them have this kind of theme where when Bruce Wayne came back to Gotham, he had no interest in being Bruce Wayne. He was wanted. He wanted to be Batman. He wanted to fight crime. That was his focus. And in this movie, it has that same characteristic where he has no interest in really being Bruce Wayne. He's Batman. Yeah, I was going to say because it doesn't really feel as much like there's a middleman in this one because like it's it, it bleeds in like he even when he is Bruce Wayne he doesn't care he like he doesn't give a shit as much. Do you know what I mean like it's well, he doesn't have to put yeah. on a mask as much in this one. It's and just, he, like you said he's Batman or he's Bruce Wayne like there's no middle middleman. And I think it's why I like the it's why I like the makeup so much because even when he doesn't have the mask he's still Batman because the makeup's still on. Yeah. And yeah. when it's a scene that's been released to the public, so we can talk about it. Um, but even when he's at that funeral as Batman, as Bruce Wayne, sorry, he's he's not Bruce Wayne. He's not talking. He's not doing the whole Playboy shtick or anything. He's not got to that point yet. He's just there to do Batman stuff, but he has to use Bruce Wayne as a disguise. But it doesn't feel like this Batman's going to have that Playboy shit, though. I I think I, he is. I, I don't think he will. I, I think he, he is, and we'll we we'll talk about that when we get the spoilers because I I, I think he is um, for for some specific reasons. But I I do personally I think of all the Batman and we've had a fucking lot of them. I think Pattinson might be my favorite. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I, I'd He's my favorite, and then after him is Affleck. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think we've got to see enough of Affleck for me to have a, a concise view on him. I think like, mm. if he had been maybe fleshed out a bit in turn of Pattinson, I think he probably would. If he'd have got his own Batman movie. Yeah. Instead of Pattinson, yeah. <laughs> if Pattinson didn't <laughs> exist. If they, hadn't, if they hadn't stolen this movie from him. Yeah, I, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think that's like... But I, I couldn't say that he's my favourite just because we haven't seen, like... We've, he's been like a side character in the films rather than like the main I mean, single like no but like if you if you looked at like Christian Bale he was Batman yeah. Batman was the Batman film like there were three Batman films that's this true however I Superman would supporting role and then it was Justice League where they were focusing on Wonder Woman Aquaman Flash all of them so yeah he was in them and he played a dominant role but it, it wasn't quite it wasn't a Batman film it wasn't a Batman film so I don't think you can pick up a Batman as much that's as true that. Although I, I would say that I think Ben Affleck's Batman is the main character of Zack Schneider's Justice League. Like a lot of it's kind of like yeah. from his point of view and he's but kind then... of the one who gets things going. So I, And I think that is the closer... It's hard to tell because we didn't see Batman in that universe before BVS. But yeah. I like to think that the character he's portraying in Justice League, in Zack Schneider's version, mm-hmm. is what he was like before Robin died. Because he's he's coming up with plans, he's calling the shots, he's teaching some, he's giving some advice to to the he's younger joking. heroes. 
Yeah, he's sort of, he's making jokes. He's he's a bit more lighthearted. I like to think that's what he was like with Dick Grayson before Dick Grayson died. If it is Dick Grayson who died in that universe, they've they've not yeah, really made still, it clear. Still no, <laughs> no. I, I always and people always say this is a little mini tangent. People always say like, oh, but the fact that Robin's died, that's what's made him so angry. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's true. But there's a scene where he's walking to his parents' grave. And apparently there's a gravestone next to that tomb that if you increase the contrast, says Dick Grayson. If Dick Grayson's death is what drove him to become this, why does he then just ignore his grave? Maybe he's not strong why? enough to go and up and see it. Maybe he's like... But he's, he's strong enough to walk past it and go to his parents' grave and have a, like a dream about his parents oh, or whatever. But he's had 20-odd 20, 20 20 years to be with his parents' death. He's only had like two years to do... Um... Robins. But all, but also, right? Why does no one talk about Robin? Yeah. What, what was that noise? That was my chair squeaking. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what the fuck was that? Uh, but no one, no one in BVS says the name Robin. No one's like, wow, Batman. Even like in the Ultimate Edition, you've got people like, wow, he's got a new mean in him. No one's like, yeah, he's gone crazy since Robin died. No one, <laughs> sa- no one, no one puts that connection together. If you cut the scene where he looks at the Robin costume, if you cut that scene out of the movie, and just that scene, you would think this Batman never had a Robin because no one talks about it. Yeah. So it's like, is that an inf- a, a, a factor Which... that informed his character? Or is it just they threw it in as an Easter egg? Like it's. I think if they had have had it, I think if they had have had his own film and they had have built on that, I think you could have had it as like he's in so much trauma and shock that he just doesn't acknowledge, like he's scared yeah. to like thingy, like deal with it. But I think because we didn't have one, I think you're absolutely right. I think like it's. I I genuinely think. I genuinely think they only put the dead Robin suit in that film because a lot of filmmakers are dead scared about about using Robin as a character. Like, um, oh, Nolan didn't want to do it, Snyder didn't want to do it. Exactly, yeah, they're like, oh, it's a little campy, like, it's a little goofy, how do we make that work? And it's like, no, no, it, it obviously can work, because it's worked for 80 years in comics. You just need yeah. someone who's smart enough to make... It fucking, Titans makes it work. Titans yeah. has has fucking, it has three different Robins in it by the end of season three. <laughs> it can, they can fucking make Robins work if you have someone smart enough to do it and uh and i i feel like the the re like nolan had a robin technically but it was it wasn't good snyder was like fuck i don't want to deal with it like there could have been some fun so if if batfleck was going crazy it could have been you could have had a nice moment where alfred's like look dick grayson's in in bloodhaven he wants to come see you make sure you're he's you're all right and he's like no fuck off i don't want to talk to him like you could show that he's isolating because he's he's not talking to the other bat family members in his life because jason todd's dead or whatever you could reference those people but instead they were just like fuck don't don't mention anything about robin but he's been batman for 20 years he should have had a robin fuck what do we do uh just film a dead robin cage whatever fucking that'll do no one will ask questions then. Maybe, maybe after the Justice League, maybe he was meant to get Robin because he learned how to share and. Be well, he man. was he was meant to get a Batgirl. Oh. Um, now he's now. But he's but now replaced. he but anyway. he's, now he's going to get replaced by Michael Keaton, and then Michael Keaton will get a Batgirl. So, 
Michael Keaton's just going to be an old, decrepit, no, obviously sexist. Slash speckle on the eyes, right? Tuts. Let's get out there, face some crime. <laughs> nice cape, sugar tits. <laughs> do you um? Oh, we'll get into that in spoilers. I was going to say, do you think this Batman will get a Robin? Next question. Spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler section. Spoiler um, section. Yeah, we're still in the, the spoiler-free section, aren't we? So speaking of uh, spoiler-free stuff, uh, what about the rest of the cast? Uh, perfect. I, I, I think I said this to you before, but the, the cast in Colin Farrell as Penguin, it's phenomenal, but it's just bizarre. Seeing, like, if you go on Google and you type in the Batman cast, like the little thumbnail that they have for uh, Colin Farrell, and if you compare that to like what he is, yeah. the penguin, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's there is um, <sighs> it's interesting because when because you're right, I think the the cast is phenomenal, and they've done like a really good job of making them look and feel like the comic book characters. But the the one character that I think is very different from the comics is the Riddler. Um, the Riddler in this movie is is designed more like a kind of like incel terrorist. Yeah, school shooter, that kind of vibe. Where he's just, he's pissed off at the world because he feels like the world is treating him like shit. And, it, you know, it's it's not a... It's not completely dissimilar from the comics. There have been interpretations of the Riddler like this. A lot of the interpretations of the Riddler, he's more ego-driven. He wants yeah. to prove his intelligence... So he creates these elaborate riddles. Um, this one just got want... done by. Yeah, like... but he, he, he... The point of the riddles originally, kind of, in the comics, is that he, he makes these riddles thinking that no one will be able to solve them because he's such a genius. This film, this version, the riddles, are, they serve a different function. Which but what's interesting is that this, this Riddler... Sorry? Which we will get to in the spoiler section. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is this Riddler is his his look, his character is very different from the kind of standard Riddler performance. The Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey. <laughs> Yet a lot of people seem very um, receptive to this version of Riddler. However, yeah. in BVS, Lex Luthor in that movie... As again, he's he's massively he's a very different Lex Luthor yeah. than what he is in the comics. He and there was a lot Riddler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there was a lot of hate towards that version of Lex Luthor because it was so com- uh, because it was so inaccurate to the comics. Yet people are praising this Riddler for even though it is inaccurate as well, like in some senses. So like. I know. Do you think there's like a double standard there, where where Reeves is getting praised for doing something that Snyder did, but he got slammed for it? I I think the difference comes in like the style, because Snyder, okay, yeah, like or Snyder, Joss Whedon's version. No, actually, it's BVS, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. BVS, like I think they tried to make it dark, obviously, but even then, like there was still it still felt like a comic book film. This, like, if you take out the fact that it is a comic book film you could have it just as like a thriller and I think that's kind of the difference like they've tried Mm. to change the character of Riddler 
to make it suit the theme of like the dark, creepy, psychological thriller style, rather than mm. the BVS that was almost trying to be more comic booky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that because I I always kind of I think what happened with BVS is because Marvel were basically coming out and they're like, we are going to do as close to accurate as possible for all our characters. And we're going to try and translate the comics purely to screen as best we can. Change things that need updating. Change things that are like racist or inaccurate, whatever. Or things that just won't fit. And we'll try and do the best portrayal and the most accurate portrayal of every character. Whereas Snyder's uh, attitude was that he was kind of introducing his versions of these characters that would have a specific purpose in his kind of mythology. So Lex Luthor wasn't meant to be an accurate representation of Lex Luthor in the comics. He was supposed to serve a specific function function for Snyder's story. And a lot of people were like, fuck that Luthor, because he's not what Luthor's like in the comics, even though that was the point. And I think people are more accepting of Riddler in this, because when you're going into it, it was like, this is the Matt Reeves version of... Batman. Whereas when people went into Zack Snyder's BVS, it was like this is supposed to be the definitive version of these characters. Not the Snyder version, the definitive version. So people are like, well, yeah. that's not like the definitive version, so fuck More that. I think it's... Too. Yeah, so I think um, even though some stuff isn't accurate in this film, to the comics at least, people... I think conscious. I think a, a lot more consciously went into this movie, going, "This will be the Reeves version," and I want to see the Reeves version. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the negative reviews I've seen are from the few people who went into this expecting pure comic accuracy. Which is ridiculous, like especially in, like yeah, no, especially with Batman, it's quite hard to like go in with complete comic book accuracy because it's been done so much. You need to mm. have like a different level to it. And so. to be fair, honestly, hand on my heart, the only piece of media that has accurately adapted Batman to its like absolute purest form is the Arkham games. Yeah. Yeah. Every character Sorry? No 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 go ahead. Every character in the Arkham games perfectly adapted perfectly adapted. They've made all those characters feel realistic, feel authentic, as well as keeping all their kind of comic eccentricities. The relationships between the characters are spot on. The fucking timeline of events, the history, the canon, all the shit in that universe is 100% spot on. And yeah. you cannot adapt any of that into movies because the stories just take too long. It wouldn't be any good. I was, so, I was just about to say, we were literally talking about this before the the, uh, the film, weren't we? Like, the, it literally... Hmm films have so much scope because they have so much more time and like you can do side quests you can build the story up and so many games have so ways. much have so much more scope but yeah you yeah. said films have so much more scope sorry because <laughs> then you said because i was like oh, that's the opposite of what you said and you went, <laughs> no, yeah because there's side of quests and stuff i was like oh he means games right okay <laughs> i get you mean yeah, it's right. like side quests in a movie <laughs> I mean, shooting them little kids that you run into the fucking cinema. That's, that's a fucking psychopath <laughs> thing. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you, you were talking about the, the kind of the filmmaking behind this before. What do you think of the look of this movie? Oh, it was just stunning. I think everything, like, it, it was like a really dusty, like, 
uh, it was just it, it was a perfect mix i think it was perfectly done in the sense of like yeah it was really dark and grimy and horrible but it also had like some really beautiful gothic aesthetics to like the buildings and it, it like it almost didn't feel modern and i think that's like where everybody got confused about the timeline that this was set in i think hmm. and i think a lot of that comes from the cinematography because the way it was shot felt a lot more i mean even even, I... even even wayne manor like on the inside looks so much more gothic compared to <laughs> it does, it's, like, it's like a fucking God. it's like a vampire lives there it's ridiculous oh, it's so like the, that scene where they walk, when he walks into like the the like the, 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 the like in the morning walking into alfred just sitting at the table it looks like a fucking yeah it looks like something uh, like a, a horror film like it's like fucking nosferatu's mansion yeah. or some shit yeah. <laughs> ridiculous it's, it's, it's crazy but i love it I think I think this just yeah. perfectly fits his Batman. This and there's moody gothic theme. <laughs> there is also like because he's he's kind of doing because this this is something that I'll talk about in spoilers. In fact, we'll talk about that that location in um in spoilers. But there is I think personally, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that felt reused in a way. Mm-hmm. Not saying it was bad. It just there was stuff where I was like, okay, that I've seen that somewhere before. There was very little in this movie that felt new except for the cinematography the cinematography the way the film looked it looked clean it looked fresh it looked new and it was like i was talking to a friend of mine she was she texted me going so how was the film um i heard glasgow looked like shit (laughs) and i was like well it does but that's kind of the point like like there's parts of like the bits that they've used glasgow for not much but if there is glasgow in this movie the city does feel dirty and grungy and dark and claustrophobic there's a bit where he like goes he goes around a corner and you just see neon signs stacked on top of each other (laughs) and it just reaches up to the sky and it it looks it's it feels cramped and claustrophobic but the way it's shot looks beautiful so you're looking at this filthy disgusting city going wow it's so so gorgeous <laughs> like, like they make it's the same with joker joker's film J- joker the cinematography behind it looked oh. amazing even yeah. though the city was like drowning in trash yeah the yeah. film looked great and it's the same thing here where even though gotham does look dirty the film looks good yeah I, I think like there's some more because I, I say we're nearly at the spoiler point, so like I, yeah, I can probably say yeah. one thing, right? Like yeah, if you yeah, don't go for hear it. About it continue. Like there was one scene that reminded me so much. Like obviously the the grimiest part of the Bale films is when they go to the underworld and Batman Begins. You know, like mm. under that fucking bridge place, there was a scene like, and it just showed like, even though like the Batman like Robert Pattinson's film was so grimy and shit throughout, it was just one mm. scene that almost like matched perfectly. It looked like it was part of the Christian Bale universe. You know when they go under into the club? I forgot the name of the club. Uh, yes. 44, 44 and under. Well, like, it's the Iceberg Lounge, but then you've got the lounge. 44 below. Like, literally the same scene. They're going to go meet Falcone. Spoilers, I've given you that shit, right? They're going to go meet Falcone, hmm. right? And, like, it's it's almost piece for piece. Like, you could put the same shot Cause and it, same... You've got the... It's underneath the train lines, and it's, yeah. like, all metal pylon not pylons like pillars and and it it feels very like just dirty filthy infrastructure purple neon (laughs) sign in like the middle of night it's just yeah 
Yeah. And it, and it, it's. I think this movie does a, a lot of. Um, it gives Gotham a lot of character. And it was something I liked about the yeah. the Burton films is like Burton gave Gotham a specific <laughs> character. And Schumacher, Schumacher, for his credit, he carried that on. He just had a lot more over dramatized architecture. I think it's I think it's like Batman and Robin where they're like driving through the city and they're like j- jumping from building to building and most of the buildings have these really over the top like Greek statues like holding them up in <laughs> shit it's so over the top this one it's still got that feel of oh, dear. cramped and claustrophobic but without the <laughs> the fucking statues <laughs> Greek shit, gods shit, holding is. towers up and shit um but no i think i think it probably overall this is my favorite, or close to my favorite Batman movie. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to agree with that one. I, I, I've ranked it below Batman Begins because I do. I think Batman Begins has a, the story feels more complete in Batman Begins, kind of. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I, it, 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 I'd have to sit down and I have to watch them both back to back and make my decision there, but. Because Batman Begins was always my favorite Batman movie, even above The Dark Knight. Because I love The Dark Knight, but I, I, I sort of thought I was like, if you took Heath Ledger's performance out of that movie and replaced him with like Jared Leto or something, the exact same scenes, just a different performance, would that movie still be as good? Probably not. You know, I think Batman Begins is a better Batman movie, but I'm, I'm sort of bordering about maybe this film is a better Batman movie than Batman Begins. The way that I sort of looked at it was, I, I looked at it as in like a stage of Batman's life, some drank things. So like I personally like for me, and again this is just me, I I prefer this one over Batman Begins. I like oh, yeah. I like the aesthetic more about it. I like that he doesn't. I I don't know. I I like that you don't see the origin. I guess that's one thing Batman Begins did better was the origin, because they had an origin. Um, but I like <laughs> this stage of Batman better where he's still sort of learning the ropes. I think I prefer that better. I think I prefer Dark Knight as a Batman film in general, but then I think like they're just incomparable because they're at different points. I think the next film, if there's a sequel, which I'm thinking there will be, I'm really there will be. I I, there will be. I I I believe that the next at the film, very least we're getting spin-off TV shows that are already being made. Fair, fair. Well, anyway, I I think the I think that that. Like the sequel to this Batman would be a lot better than The Dark Knight, and I think that's like I'm trying to compare them almost as a trilogy is like a timeline of them. Yeah. So I think that this one's better than Batman Begins, and I 100 think the next one will be Dark Knight. I don't know. I don't necessarily know because are we going past spoilers now? Are we? No, no, no. We're going. We'll wrap up our, our spoiler-free thoughts and then go into spoilers. Okay, right. Okay. Um, well, then my points void. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so essentially. If you don't want to hear any more spoilers, go watch the film. The film's great. Good film. Very good film. Excellent film. Uh, and now we'll do spoilers. So you got a warning. If you don't want any more spoilers, fuck off. Sweet. Uh, three, I... three, two, one. The Joker. So, <laughs> the Joker came at the end. If they have a sequel, I don't think that this Joker's performance will be better than uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. But I think the film as a whole might be better than Dark Knight. That is yeah. my fact. that that rounds off my point that I was trying to say. But yeah. 
I, I'm interested to see what I, he does with the Joker. I like I like the look of this Joker more. I think we uh, haven't had more equal. We haven't had a really comic book accurate representation of the Joker on yeah. screen ever. I'd say the closest version to an adaptation of the Joker I've seen is the Arkham Asylum version. Uh, he's methodical, he has a plan, but he hides that plan under chaos and whimsy and whatever. And we get a lot of that with Heath Ledger's Joker. However, Heath Ledger's Joker was so grounded in realism that, you know, he, he didn't have the kind of campy attitude where he, you know, he, where he wore the, the pinstripe suit. He was like a fucking terrorist who wore this overcoat, yeah. this big fucking coat, sort of walked around hunch and would just be like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. Um, this was incredible. Man, this, this, because Barry Keoghan? Um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Um, it's an it's an Irish surname, and I can't, I, are you Googling it? No. Can you I can hear you typing me? away. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> if you can hear me typing away, I'm just going to fuck Um, Coogan, yeah. Keegan? Coogan. Keegan? Cochin. Barry Cochin. People would know him as Druig from the Eternals. Mm. Um, or also the, the kid. That that he's also the kid who gets blinded in Dunkirk. Oh, he's, he's that kid. <laughs> but he's he's been cast as the Joker, which was kind of spoiled by his brother who on like a drunken night out posted on Facebook that his brother had been cast as the Joker. Um, and uh, from the brief, very brief glimpse we get of him, I think oh. he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be very good. Again, The look. If anyone's read the Arkham Asylum comic, the look that they've gone for, for their version of the Joker is very similar to the art used in the Arkham Asylum comic, Serious House on the Serious Earth. Um, very exaggerated. The hair is kind of like curly and like matted and wild and his face looks yeah. dead disfigured. And they've talked, Matt Reeves has talked about the fact that this Joker, he's encountered Batman before yeah. in the two years he's been Batman. He's not necessarily the Joker yet. He's not quite there. He's done some crimes, he's, he's, he's clearly unhinged, but he's not at that mastermind level yet. He's still got a journey to go. And they also thought about how do we make this Joker unique? Do we go for the chemicals route? Do we go for the scar route? And instead they've gone right back to the origins of the, uh, the, the silent film The Man Who Laughs, which is kind of the inspiration for Joker as well, where he has this condition that he just cannot stop smiling. Which is and he is phoenixes. exactly, but instead of laughing, it's smiling. Which I guess you know, you had to distinguish it somewhere. But they also made that his his deformity comes from a birth defect. Um, and I the look looks great. I'm very. I hope he's in the next one. He's gotta be. He's gotta be in the next one. He's Some, gotta, he's, he they can't just. He's at least. They're apparently doing an Arkham Asylum spinoff. I hope he's in that. What in the what again? Arkham Asylum games? No, like, it's a, a spin-off of The Batman set in Arkham Asylum. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. What, like a TV show? Yeah, like a HBO Max series. Yeah. Drew, Drew, like, I mean, yeah, no. The actor's quite big. 
Yeah, he'd, he'd do that. Fucking streaming shit's all the range. If it's like a, a six-part miniseries. Yeah, I mean, look at the fucking cast of all the, the Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, look at Cavill, to be fair. Exactly, he's doing The Witcher. Because streaming shit, streaming isn't TV. It's not like fucking... Yeah. It's not like <laughs> PBS straight to yeah. fucking, you know... With, it's, it's not dog shit TV, it's good TV. I like what, what like why do you reference BBC? Like you've got BBC. Why why go American? Because <laughs> uh, you're obsessed. It's it because I assume that people who listen to these things will be American. ITV. From, it's not an ITV from, like, drama. Are they from like Sweden or like Latvia or something? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't. I, I, well, maybe you, no one listens to these. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. it's just me. Maybe we're screaming into the darkness, Louis. Do you do you, do you, you want to know the answers really? Yeah, no, not really. That's what I thought. Seb Let's has, move on. <laughs> Seb, Seb had the answers. And now he's missing. They got him. He had the answers, and now they've got him. Um, but up. no, the, <laughs> there's also supposed to be a spin-off of The Penguin. Oh, that'd be interesting. The that'd Penguin's getting his own spin-off. Catwoman's apparently getting her own spin-off. Every character in this is getting their own spin-off. I the wonder, Matt like, Reeves Batman universe is just going to keep expanding. By but all I just want to see another film. Though. I like, I don't like, I don't care about six part series. Is. They'll be good, and I'll, I'll be interested. Yeah, I just don't care as much. There'll be, an, I want another film. There'll be nice little appetizers to tide us over until we get to the next Batman film. Uh, but here's is my little um, thought, the thing that's in my head about this film, right? <laughs> uh, I. I wish that this movie, exactly as it is, was part of the DC Extended Universe. What do you mean in that sense? Because like... I was watching, while watching this movie, I was like, wow, they've, they've really nailed the attitude. That kind of monotone, sassy sort of comeback attitude that Batman has. Because Batman's fucking, the, the, the humour in Batman stories doesn't come from him making like quips and one-liners it comes from him being in ridiculous circumstances but he's just so monotone and stone-faced <laughs> and you get a bit of that in this where like every he, he sort of every line he delivers is like got this darkness to it yeah but he's he also says some funny shit my favorite line <laughs> it's when um he's in that room of the police officers and they're about to take his mask off, and he like fucking knocks a bunch of them away, and he gets oh. into an argument, and they just go, "Ah, see, we got you an assault and an officer." And he's like, "You got me an assault in three. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Line. It's so good. He's got another one where he's like, uh, where they're "Like, oh, if you don't leave now, that suit's gonna be filled with blood." And he's like, "Mine or yours?" <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, yeah, no, I forgot about them. Uh, yeah, he's... they were good. He's got that fucking... And that's exactly the type of shit that fucking Batman says in the cut. They've got the attitude spot on. And I was watching that and I was like, you know what? I'd fucking love to see this Batman interact with Wonder Woman. With Henry Cavill Superman. Take this Batman and put him in that world. Because really, there's no reason why he couldn't be. There's nothing in this movie that we're like, well, he has to exist on his own. He could exist in a world with other superheroes. He won't. Don't get your hopes up. I don't think he will, and it's a shame, because the chances are we're never going to see Superman and Batman on screen together again. Ever. 
unless they they figure out what they're doing with Cavill in the DCEU, the rumor is they're just going to replace him with Supergirl. But I think that's a mistake because one of the one of the selling points of this universe at the very beginning was the fact that you'd see the Trinity on screen together in, the, in for the first time ever in the movie BVS, and you see it again in Justice League, kind of in Zack Snyder's Justice League. But since then, nothing. And it would be such a wasted... And if this is their main Batman, if this is the Batman franchise they're going to explore, why not connect it to the larger DCEU instead of having like, two competing Batman yeah. franchises? And you've got like you've got the scope now. and like You have the ability. Because go back like 10 years, you couldn't ever do that like without it being weird. But now with the multiverse stuff coming out, you've got, you've got all the opportunity. You just need the, the drive to do it. Well, yeah, you'd, it would it would require a big multiverse event, I suppose. But people, I think like Matt Reeves was talking was talking about this. He was asked, "Will there be other superheroes in this universe?" And he was like, "Maybe it'd be cool to play with those characters." But I'm more focused on taking like one fantastical element and grounding everything around that, and making it feel like it could exist. And he's done a great job. Oh, this Batman feels, so feels it feels like he could exist. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, I mean, even Catwoman and stuff and the, the Penguin, they all feel like realistic characters, even the Riddler. There's no fantastic element about this. Kind of. I mean, some of the tech, like the the, the camera lenses and the eyes. Oh, that... yeah, but, I mean, like, that, like that's just, like, spy movies. But, you know, like, that's, that's yeah. realistic to have something like that in the future. But flying but the men si- with spaceships is, like... True, but, like, you look at Iron Man, and they made Iron Man feel very realistic. And look where that universe ended up. Oh, now you've got fucking that. wizards and, <laughs> and gods and shit. And this is the thing. What people forget about that first phase of Marvel movies was their core three... Or their core four franchises. It was a monster movie with the Incredible Hulk, a war movie with Captain America, a Shakespearean drama with Thor and a tech thriller with Iron Man. And there were four separate franchises that they then funneled into one film, and they managed to blend those elements together. People talk about, like, oh, well, it's hard to make a movie with Batman and Superman because they're so fucking different. It's like, yes, that's what makes it work. It's worked in the comics for fucking decades. It can work if you... Exactly. You take the aspects of of those universes that can overlap, and you pull them together. Say it's as simple as if you wanted a Justice League in the Reeves universe, it's as simple as superheroes are cropping up. They're usually keep they're mostly keeping to themselves in their small towns or whatever, their little yeah. fucking fictional cities. <laughs> Something happens that causes them the the Justice League. Maybe the rest of the Justice League are already working together, but they need a detective on their team to figure out a particular mystery. So the Justice League approach Batman the Reeves Batman, hey, we need your help. And he's like, I'll help you, but you stay the fuck out of my city, essentially. Because that's what Batman does in the comics. You know, you have superheroes turn up who are like, hey, Batman, we've come to help. And he's like, no, this is my, this is where I work. Fuck off, Gotham's mine. Which is why Superman doesn't fight crime in Gotham, because it's he Batman. He round up all the, all the bad guys in the space of, ooh, a day? <laughs> exactly exactly it just keeps but, batman busy like it's, but the it's... the the reason batman doesn't have other people in the city is because he's like he's trying to prove to the the downtrodden in gotham that you don't have to be a superhero you can just be a regular guy and yeah. fight above the shit 
that's the whole point, which is what this movie touches on at the end. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I, I think this movie could 100% work. You'd have to fiddle some stuff around, change some timelines, but they're already doing that anyway. Should have done it with Pattinson. That's just natural these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's bizarre that they're setting up this franchise. I'm still not it's happy like we've... with Keaton being... Like, I like Same. Keaton, I like his Batman, but I'm not happy with him being the main Batman. It's like, it's so bizarre that this franchise, this new wave of DC movies started with a promise that you will get to see Batman and Superman on screen for the first time ever. And now we might never see that again because they've they've reverted back to their old ways of, well, Batman's in his own universe now. Yeah. And that means and that like, they're going to have like a Supergirl and a, and a Batgirl. It's not going to be a Superman. Yeah, and apparently they're going to replace Superman with Supergirl and The Flash. And Henry Cavill won't even... Not, they've not even asked him on. Ben Affleck, they've like, hey, come, we're going to replace you, but you want to come back and film a movie? Henry Cavill, like, yeah, we're going to replace way. you. It's it's ridiculous. But anyway, I, I only bring that up because watching this Batman, I was like, this is such... Not a waste of potential because we're going to get a whole universe of the of these characters. But I was thinking, this Batman, I'm so interested to see how he would deal with supernatural elements how would he deal with magic how would he deal with aliens you know because batman's dealt with that stuff in the comics (laughs) did you say aliens or aviens i said aliens (laughs) i I was like just batman beating up a big bird like (laughs) penguin exactly (laughs) he is is dealing with aliens Uh, Penguin is amazing in this movie. Um, so although good. they they don't get into the family history like I thought, like we talked yeah. about last week. He kind of, you know, he, he kind of doesn't feel like Penguin, and I think like Do you think? that's because yeah, I, I think it's because they made him so like realistic to normal life that he just feels like some mob boss. Do you know what I mean like he doesn't feel like hmm. the Penguin? I think the only thing that didn't make him feel like the Penguin to me was the fact that he wasn't at the top, which is yeah. obviously changed now. By the end of the movie, because throughout the movie, it's 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 known that Carmine Falcone is kind of the head of the table. He's sort of the, the top yeah. mob Maroney's boss in, in Gotham. Uh, yeah, Salto Maroney, he's gone, so it's just Carmine Falcone. And, um, <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> yeah, or Carmine Falcone, I think, I think they just say Falcone in this one, don't they? Uh, no, um, they, say, um, they say Falcone, don't they? I'm not sure. I, I'm I've not always sure. said Falcone just because of yeah. the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I watched the Dark Knight before thought... I before I read like the Long Halloween and stuff. So when I was reading comics with those names in it, I read it's it like Falcone I did. And Moroni. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway um, so... his look though, his attitude, like his voice and all that stuff, it does feel very yeah. Penguin. Yeah, I think to be fair though, like I think I'm just taking it from a point of view. Like the only visual representation I have of the penguin is Danny DeVito. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So when I look like that's, I guess what I mean. It's just from like a. I um. Yeah. I get I get that, but like, I. I was so happy that we got a penguin who had a, a who had the iceberg lounge. 
Yeah. I don't know if you saw me when the fucking iceberg, when they were like, oh, they're at the club iceberg lounge, whatever, when it's first name dropped. I sort of freaked out. I was like, oh my fucking God, they're doing iceberg I didn't realise what it was. I didn't realise what it was. It's it's his club in the comics. It um, makes sense, because Penguin's icebergs, but... Yeah, and I think it's like, it's the last kind of piece of real estate that the Cobblepots had, because the Cobblepot family used to own a lot of Gotham, same as Wayne, uh, but their yeah. company went under... And well, the only thing, it, yeah, exactly. The only thing that they, the Cobblepots had left was this club that Oswald took, refurbished, made it like the club in Gotham, but also used it to run all his criminal organizations. Um, I like that they had the Iceberg Lounge because that was, again, though, it, it felt kind of Nolan inspired. You know, when, um, you know, in The Dark Knight, where he goes and gets i think it's another i think it's in moroni or something eric roberts character in the dark yeah. knight the guy whose legs he breaks yeah yeah, yeah yeah he he breaks into a nightclub and he's like fighting people in the nightclub yep yeah, yeah this scene the scene where in they the go into the iceberg lounge it felt it felt very similar because he's going to get a named mob boss he's looking for someone yeah. but the fact that it was in the iceberg lounge and not just a random club i fucking loved I love that they were using like Gotham locations. Yeah, it like it felt a lot more realistic though. Him, like in the other one, everybody was kind of like instantly on him, but this one he was kind of like slipping through because of the darkness and the confusion yeah. and shit. I love the twins as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a running a joke, isn't it? Is that actually a reference from something? Uh, I thought because um, there's been like sort of different twins in. in batman stories i when they when they said they were twins my first thought was tweedledum and tweedledee who are kind of like mad hatter henchmen who you know they they sort of base themselves off the awesome wonderland characters you've also got the twins in um arkham city i'm not sure if they're based on the comics i don't think so but they were conjoined twins who had an operation to get they they got separated they were joined at like the the right arm, um, or like right, one one's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> and during the game, you you fight these. It, it's like it's like never really addressed by the characters in the story, but you have to fight one who works for Penguin, who's missing like a left arm. And then you have to fight one who's working for the Joker oh, who's missing a right arm. And cool. then you see them two sat next to each other, and you overhear a conversation where they're like, "We should never have, have got the we should never have parted ways. We we should have stuck together. That I shouldn't we shouldn't have split up and worked for different people. But it's good that we're back together." And you read up on the bio, and they were like conjoined twins. Oh, that's quite funny. And like they got the operation parted ways or something. Might I don't have been know. Them, then. Might have been them. Maybe I, I, it. It felt like something, but yeah. it could have just been nothing. Talking about that as well, it could also be Min and Max um, that were two-faced villains, which again would be nice. Well, the to um, another sort of mob boss. The the yeah. identical two, because yeah, that makes sense. Because two-faced is all about like pairs and sets and stuff. Yeah. That would be that would be fun if in like that... the next one or in a movie later down the road or the Penguin series. If it's like a war yeah. between Penguin and Two Face, and the twins and, leave Penguin to go work for Two Face, and then in the film we could finally see, like we were talking about last week, um, Joker, Penguin, and Two Face running the city as their independent crime. 
I fuck. Well, that's, this is what I wanted to talk about actually, because um, the the ending of this movie I thought was kind of strange. It it sort of felt a little not flat. I don't know. It's it's um, the ending of this movie revolves around the Riddler's big master plan, where he basically blows up this water wall or whatever it is, this kind of barrier that stops the ocean flooding the sea. A dam. And which I I, I didn't really get what that was. Because it's a dam, but like New York doesn't have a dam protecting it from... But I think it was like Gotham's meant to be like below sea level, isn't it? Is it? That's what I think they were trying to say, right? That's why it flooded. I that. That makes sense. But yeah, essentially he he blows this dam. This I think I think they don't call it a dam. They call no, it something. No, no, no. They yeah. call it like a water wall or some crap. But anyway, <laughs> it floods the city, and Batman kind of has to lead the people to safety, and it's a really great scene. But there was part of me that felt like when I was watching it, I thought there's something they've not solved here. But it's because the 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 culmination of the of this big mystery. Is supposed to be Carmine Falcone. Carmine Falcone is behind it all. He, the the big kind of reveal in this movie is that the the Waynes, Thomas and Martha, um, had set up this charity fund called Renewal. This one billion dollar charity fund that they'd set up that the the city would be able to pull from and use to um, you know rejuvenate the city and. It was all going to be overseen by the Waynes, but because the Waynes died, a bunch of the corrupt people took over the fund and used it to fund illegal activity, and it was all being run through Carmine Falcone. And he got a bunch of the police on his payroll. But it felt like... It was a, it was a little weird the way they revealed it, because Batman spends a lot of this movie getting told stuff. Yeah. A, a lot. There's, there's, he doesn't. It's not like he doesn't figure anything out. How he does. Fig, he does solve a lot of the riddles, but he doesn't like piece together. There's not that moment, and we'll talk about after we start the film. In Knives Out, you have that moment where LeBlanc does this big explanation where he's figured it all out. Yeah, and that's what I like about these detective stories. When you have this, when you have the detective, basically go. Here's what happened, and I, yeah. I solved it using these clues. Whereas you don't have that moment in this movie. You have a moment where someone goes, hey, Batman, this is what it's going to happen. So he goes, he arrests Fa- Carmine Falcone, then Riddler kills him. And he goes and he's like, well, what's Riddler's plan? And by the time he figures it out, well, he doesn't even figure it out, he watches a video of Riddler explaining his plan as the plan is taking place. <laughs> it felt very much like... Too little, too late. Yeah, and it was like, it, it. I was, I was wanting there to be this moment where he, he, he was like, I've, I've, I've solved the case because it's a detective story. It's Batman's first detective story, but he never really got that moment. And I was sort of because I was waiting for it. I was like, there's going to be more, and there really wasn't. Even the final fight with the Riddler goons, it was like all of a sudden, Selena Kyle's like, it's over, that it's done. I was like, oh, he got them all. Okay. <laughs> He beat, I, I, beat one to a bloody pulp. Um. Do you? Um, I. 
I think that stuff that he injected himself with is the venom formula that Bane uses in the comics. And Do you I, think? Right. I think it's a tease for Bane because it's so weird. It's not like it's not like a, a spike of adrenaline. It's like a it's like a it's like a green tube that he clicks into a part of his armor that sends him into like a like a blood fury where he almost yeah. kills someone. I mean, I I. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not overly excited about Bane coming back. Yeah, I Bane. Bane was never really my. Even like in the Dark Knight Rises, I'm like, we're doing Bane. Oh. I like, can't be fucked. And then I saw it's the film, and I was like, he's good, but I don't care. No. Uh, no. But I think that's what that formula is supposed to be. That's uh, yeah. No, that makes actually a lot of sense. It's an interesting um, concept for it. But yeah, so I. In this film. They do. I was surprised actually. There was because. Because Matt Reeves was setting this up as like, this isn't like other comic book movies. Yeah. I was quite surprised that there were so many comic book references and sort of sequel oh. teasers. Because oh, I was like, so oh, this is, teasers. there's a lot. There's like a big fucking, at one point, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. There's like, I was watching, they're doing the montage where Riddler's basically explaining that the the Tommy that Thomas and Martha set up this fund and it was all built on lies, or whatever. Yeah. And there's a bit where as they're going through, they they he's basically accusing Thomas Wayne of getting a reporter killed. <laughs> and the reporter's name comes up on the screen, uh like David or John, whatever it was, but it's it's like David Elliot. And they specifically have the name Elliot there. And then immediately after that, they go, it was all being kept hush, hush. And the the word hush comes up on screen. And I was like, you've just had a character with the name Elliot put on screen. And then the word hush feels like a very direct, almost kind of like on the nose reference to the character Hush, which for those who are unfamiliar... Yeah, I'm unfamiliar. Tell me. <laughs> He's um, Hush is. He was introduced in the. I guess what it was called. It was called Hush. It was. Well, it was a. <laughs> it was a comic where there was. Um, there was this new kind of like mob boss on the scene, and throughout the. I, I quite like the Hush comic. It's quite good, but it's such an obvious twist because people are like, "Who is this guy?" Because there's this guy who walks around. He's got bandages on his face, and no one knows what it looks like. But he's taken over crime in Gotham. And every kind of Gotham criminal is involved in the story. And people are like, who, who is her? Who's, who's this guy under the mask? And people are like, I don't know. But anyway, here's this brand new character that we've introduced called Thomas Elliot. And Thomas Elliot is apparently Bruce Wayne's childhood best friend. Oh, what? Yeah, in the comics, it was revealed that Tommy Elliot was Bruce's best friend. And his parents died around the same time Bruce Wayne's did. But after the accident, because Bruce Wayne was like dead reclusive, him and Tommy stopped seeing each other as much. And it was then revealed that Tommy Elliot had actually organised his parents' death so we could get their inheritance. Oh, his parents. I didn't remember Bruce Wayne's. I was like, no, no, no. He, he tried to kill his own parents. <laughs> oh. um, and he was always annoyed. Cause it, but it, I think Bruce Wayne's dad saved Tommy Elliot's dad. So he didn't oh. get his inheritance when he wanted. And I think his dad eventually died, whatever. But he was always annoyed that when Bruce Wayne's parents died, he got all the money and he never did. He was like, I want my parents to die so I can have all the money. And um, he became quite obsessed with Bruce Wayne. 
because then I think Tommy Elliot's family they like lost all their money or some shit, and Thomas became a uh, a surgeon. I think they even I think the idea was that Thomas Elliot's family were f- close friends with the Waynes, and he was actually named after Thomas Wayne. Oh, okay, okay. I think that was how it worked out. But yeah, he becomes this character called Hush. And he actually eventually ends up getting his face. He gets plastic surgery to look like Bruce Wayne so he can ruin Bruce Wayne's life. That's pretty funny. And like sneak into his company and shit like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was like, it, the way that the word Hush came up after a character with the surname Elliot was, was it mentioned. It made a lot of sense. It felt like the movie was going, we're doing Hush at some point. Here's your Venom formula. Here's a scene with Joker. We're gonna mention Bloodhaven. We're gonna do. We're gonna do Nightwing, but then they also were like, "Oh, uh, Martha Wayne. Her surname is Arkham, not Kane. So we're not doing Kate Kane. No Batwoman in this universe. Specifically, no Batwoman. But everyone else, everyone else is up for grabs, but no Batwoman. We refuse pro- to associate ourselves with the CW series. It's probably because Batgirl is like they're thinking about having a Batgirl." In the main DC universe. Yeah, because they've set all of this in separate universes, they're now worried that it's going to get overcrowded and people will get confused. Maybe yeah. they should have just kept it all under the same fucking banner, the stupid cunt. <laughs> That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> that's the thing. Because I was, what again, another reason that kind of annoys me about this movie is I was watching it and I was like, right, the fact that we've had so, we've had Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, Joker, yeah. all in this universe, chances are they won't do it again in the main DC universe. Because what are the fucking chances yeah. of that, right? What are the chances of them being like, hey, we've got two Catwoman. Catwoman? Catwoman. Catwoman. Women. 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 Catwomans. Uh, <laughs> we've got two of them going. We've got two Riddlers. We've got two Penguins. Like, are we going to get two of everything? Or is it going to be like, okay, well, Batgirl got Firefly, so Matt Reeves can't use Firefly. Matt Reeves got the Joker, so Batgirl can't use Joker or reference the Joker. So it's like we're going to have two Batman franchises that are both only going to be able to use half of the Batman See, characters. But, but like, do you, do you, can you feel the similarities here? in the Smallville universe. You can already feel them coming, like, you can't use certain characters, you can't Exactly! And it's so restrictive to the whole series. And DC still have this fucking problem. Their um, Legends of Tomorrow series had a character called Constantine on it, John Constantine. Mm. And I fucking love Constantine in the comics. He's like, he's. I guess he's like their Doctor Strange, but not really. He's this paranormal investigator. He's a yeah. British character as well. Um, played by Keanu Reeves. Yeah, played by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> they made him, uh, I think he was from Los Angeles in that film. They got yeah. rid of his British name. <laughs> but they had Constantine in Legends of Tomorrow. But because Constantine might be getting a HBO Max series set in the DCEU, they were like, right, you cannot use Constantine in CW. So you have to get rid of the character, write him out the show. Same with the Sandman. The Sandman series is a story, it's like one issue where the Sandman and John Constantine do a, do a, have gone on an adventure together. Um, and they both die. They... <laughs> no, no. But Constantine's like a, he's like a big part of this story. It's like one issue, but it's a really good story. And they were like, yeah, we can't use John Constantine because DC were like, no, 
it's been used for something else. So we've had to like come up with a new character essentially. And it's like if you're okay having four different versions of Batman Batman, why can't you have two <laughs> different versions of John Constantine? Or three or whatever. Why do you have to keep you say, Oh, well, we're using this character somewhere else, so you don't get to use him. No, fuck off. Just two let everyone versions. if every Exactly, if every show and every movie that is set in a separate universe is allowed to just use the full library of characters, you'd have a lot less fucking half ass shit, you know? Yeah. Like, a lot DC of the movies... Good. Exactly, a lot of the movies over the last few years have been restricted because, like, Birds of Prey couldn't have the Joker in it. Joker couldn't have fucking Batman in it. Titans can't have... It can have Bruce Wayne, it can have Batman, but you can never see Bruce Wayne suit up as Batman. And Batman can never speak and never be seen directly. He has to be in the shadows and shit. Like, fucking just let people... Just let... If you're gonna if you're gonna be so insistent on having so many different ongoing universes, let them all just use the full extent of characters. Or otherwise, put it all under one fucking banner. It's just... We've... This Joker, it looks great. I'm excited to see it. But he's the fourth fifth maybe joker we've had in about five years yeah joaquin phoenix jared oh, leto yeah, forgot. Ah, forgot. Yeah. barry keegan whatever his name is and then gotham had two separate characters that were supposed to be the joker they didn't did they i, I they just had, knew of the one the one guy they really good. they had jeremiah and then they killed off jeremiah who was obviously playing the joker but he had an evil twin brother, and his evil twin brother was also playing a very obvious version of the Joker, but they could never use the name Joker. And now, Batwoman are introducing another Joker in the Batwoman show. But he's not the Joker, he's a guy who is a fan of the Joker. But now that that Joker's dead, this guy's going to take over and become the new Joker. So that's it, we've got Joker number six coming up. Five years. All started with fucking um, Heath Ledger. It all yeah. started because his version was so good that people wanted to try and do the Everyone wants a piece of the Joker cake. But they've all done so shit. Apart from Joaquin Phoenix. And Jared Leto in Justice League's action Snyder's cut. But yeah, that, I love that scene. I love that no, scene. It's just... I, think I like that version of Joker. But the rest, I, the rest of his performance in Suicide Squad, I thought was dog shit. Yeah. It's just crazy the amount of stuff that they're like, oh, we will oversaturate on this character, but we can only have one of this character. Like, fucking, why are you doing this to yourselves? Because if you restrict, if you're like, right, you, it doesn't matter how useful it is for the story, you cannot use that character. You're just restricting your creative teams. And if, like, we've got the Batman, Batwoman, Dick Grayson all big characters in the Bat family, they're all split across different universes. Same with Batgirl. Batgirl's in a separate universe. And the only thing that makes that keeps me kind of positive is the fact that, okay, we will still have a Batman in the main DCEU. Yeah. He might not be doing Batman stuff, but there is a Batman there technically, I guess. We might get an extended Bat family, which, you know, could be okay. And maybe, although it seems very unlikely at this point, but maybe Henry Cavill will still be Superman. So we can still see Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman work together. Maybe I'm still holding on to that hope. Like, but... I, okay, like that's that's the only way that I'd like to see um, 
them who work together. Oh, sorry, no, I, the only way I'd like to see Keaton in that universe if it's, is if he was like an old man sort of overseeing the change and overseeing the plans rather than like actually being involved. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I think you could make it. You could make it work where he was like. Yeah, he's sort of the mentor to the team, I guess. But I ju- it's... Or just, or, or like the backroom controller, I think, like the coach, like the manager. Do you know what I mean, like that sort of. It it's just such a shame that we're not going to see like some of my favorite comics are Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman working together, and they're all equals, they're all partners, they're all colleagues and teammates and friends, and they all care about each other, and they they can work well as a team. Batman's like the detective, he's the one in charge, he knows how to work a crime scene and shit like that. Superman's the more compassionate one, Wonder Woman's kind of the more, like, brutal, like, we're gonna hunt them down and fucking kill them one. Like, she's more, like, to the point where Superman's more, like, compassion and all that shit. They work well as a trinity, which is why they've been the trinity for so long. And we've never got to see that dynamic on screen, and Chances are we never will now. Unless Matt Reeves goes, fuck it, I'm going to do Justice League in my universe, and they let him do it. Which at this point, <laughs> fucking do it. Because we've got such a fractured universe over there, maybe Matt Reeves can pull a whole universe together out of his arse. That would be nice. That'd be so good. That'd be so good. And then you just continue, you have like all the actors that played in the Justice League, just bring them all over and have them fight Darkseid and then continue Zack Snyder's universe from there. But... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just fuck. Just, why can't DC just do things properly? <laughs> why does I'm fucking like so much fucking shit? Every almost, I think every week, a bit of DC news comes out that just that just chisels away at my soul just a little bit more. Where you know, because there's they're like so close to getting things right. This Batman movie is amazing. Why it's can't so he be in a shared universe with those, with other superheroes? There's no reason this version of Batman couldn't work alongside like Henry Cavill's Superman. I, re- I reckon him and Henry Cavill would have quite good chemistry on screen. Two Brits doing superhero shit together? That would be great. Proper actors. But... <laughs> you know, the only thing is that, well, maybe this, Superman, this Batman's a bit too young. But well, he's mean... still got that authority to him. But then that means you can also let Superman mentor him a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can change the dynamic up. Have him well, you like could have had, you could have had Ben. Like if you had more screen time with Ben Affleck, you could have Ben Affleck showing Superman more like and sort of coaching him through stuff. And then when Ben Affleck dies or goes away or multiverse shit, right? You could then have him passing that on to another Batman in another universe, the same way that Affleck did for him. Exactly. You know, there's there's some really interesting things that they could do with these characters in terms of crossovers and interacting, but they just, they keep hamstringing themselves because of petty corporate bullshit from like four or five years ago. Everything that's happening in DC now is still a response to the kind of negative feedback for BVS and Suicide Squad. But the thing that they ignore is the fact that those mo- those movies made money. You know? Yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League got very high, was like rated the highest of all their DCEU movies. It streams so much on HBO Max. It is incredibly popular. Everyone likes it. Even people who didn't like BVS were like, no, this one's good. People love that movie. Why don't they continue it? Why don't they build off that chemistry? Because they pissed all their actors off. 
Yeah, and stubbornness. Exactly. It's just it's because it the it's weird seeing a corporate entity be like, no, I wasn't wrong. I refuse to admit I could have made a mistake, and do it in a, such a public way. And it's like it's like this movie's so bittersweet to me because I'm like, this is almost a perfect Batman movie in terms of a detective story. I still think the ending was a little. The build-up to Carmine Falcone being arrested should have been bigger because I felt like there was yeah. something unresolved there. But this movie, for the most part, portrays the character in such a such an accurate way for like a young Batman. Yeah. He's not there in terms of that mentor, that kind of that experience, but in terms of a young, still very angry Batman, it nailed it. Yeah, and very self-moody and still like... He's yeah. Alfred, he's not really appreciative as much of Alfred until that final moment when Alfred's in the fucking hospital bed. He's like, yeah, you were, you were great for me. Like, <laughs> Exactly. And he's, he's still quite like, he's still reeling from the trauma of his parents' death yeah. in quite a, in quite a real way in quite like a, a, a raw way where it still affects him. That bit where he looks at the kid whose parents are dead and, he, yeah. and that, that way he just looks at him and you know that when he's looking at that kid he's seen himself and there's that kind oh. of silent bond of I'm, I'm gonna get vent because it, 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 what's interesting about this Batman is he has an arc in this film where he's so focused on vengeance he doesn't realise that no you can be something else you can be like a beacon of hope and you can help people other than just beating up criminals which yeah. pushes him towards the Batman from the comics fucking great perfect amazing why can't Superman exist in that universe? Do you know what? Like, genuinely, right? I genuinely think that Nick Cage, right, would be an excellent <laughs> Superman to bring into this universe if he was obviously a bit younger. A creepy weirdo. <laughs> yeah, a creepy weirdo for a fucking angsty teenage boy. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like, they're, they're like equal. I reckon they, he fits so well into that universe. Like, that's what a I... dark aesthetic that, um, Reeves built up. What I think they should do, keep Henry Cavill in their main DC universe, have their Trinity where it's like an older guy, an older Batman, still have him do Batman stuff. I don't care if you have to de-age him or get stunt doubles. I don't care if you have to replace Michael Keaton again with someone else with another multiverse event. Just have him still be Batman doing Batman stuff. Have him do a Trinity, do all that shit over there, keep Henry Cavill. Just have a Trinity in that universe and in the Matt Reeves universe, you do Valzard. Oh, and you have... Because I think they've referred to this universe as like Earth 2 or whatever. I don't think that's like an official classification, but that's kind of what they refer to it in-house, apparently. Right. Earth 2, in the modern, the new Earth 2 comics, uh, post-New 52 and shit, Earth 2 had Valzard, where Superman... He was either evil or he died and he ended up passing the mantle on to Valzard, and another surviving Kryptonian. There's a Valzard miniseries coming out. Okay. It stars Michael B. Jordan. Just have it be... Oh, I hate Michael B. Jordan. Really? I like him as an actor, but I just don't like him. I just I just don't like him. He's just oh, really? Off screen. Yeah, I'm just not the biggest fan. I, I I don't say I can't say I've got like a, a formed opinion. I just I like him in um I like him in that awkward moment and I like him in uh uh 
Black Panther. I think his personality in that awkward moment would make for like a fun Superman where he's just a bit kind of like a little naive of the world, but you know, has a good heart and all that shit. Um, but I, I think it would be interesting because you could, you could power him down. Superman didn't always used to be as strong as he is in the comics. He didn't always used to fly. Maybe this Superman doesn't fly. You tone his super strength down, you scale it down, but he's still super strong. He can still fly, but maybe not as much or something. And you have him have his own miniseries. He comes into the world. You do an origin or something. Whatever. And you have that Superman team up with, with Matt Reeves. It's a separate universe. It doesn't... So anything could happen in that universe. That's why I thought briefly that Alfred might actually die in this film. Because I was like, yeah. oh, well, well, I guess this is kind of separate. It's not connected to anything else. So maybe they are going to take more risks with these kids. They didn't kill him off. But I was like, oh, no, you definitely you could kill him off and it would be fine. And the fact that you also have this universe means that in the other DC universe, there's like more stakes for the Batman characters there as well because in that universe, they could kill Michael, Michael Keaton Batman off because they're like, well, we've got another Batman. So we can kill this one off and have the other. <laughs> it's weird that because they both exist, they sort of make the stakes higher. But they also reduce storytelling opportunities. It's weird. I hate it. It's awful. Anyway, um, just have Valzard, a young naive yeah. Superman, working with a young naive Batman. I'd, I'd still like to see him as powerful. I think I still would. Like, he could grow I, to that power. Yeah, but I think oh, if you yeah, want to, if you if you want to find a way to ground it, for his first couple outings, you scale the power back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think maybe if he grew into it, I think that would be a good idea. Yeah, like you could have, you could have Batman teach Superman how to like unlock his potential or whatever. Um, but oh, I you just, could have like a, you could have like a training scene where they're like, I don't know, do you, do you know like in X Men First Class when they're yeah, I was thinking that. I was. You could have something like that around the mansion and shit like that. It'd be quite fun. Have uh, have Pattinson be the um, the Charles Xavier to yeah. Like squeezing fucking like heating up like coal into diamonds and shit like that. Like... Speaking of the mansion, I I I liked that in this film he didn't live in a mansion. He lived in that tower. Did he live in the Did he live in the tower? Was Was that like gothic thing in the tower? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the tower because remember he's when he's um trying to save oh. Alfred and Alfred opens that bomb and it goes off. It's the tower that's on fire. Oh yeah, it is. And I think it's because the the Wayne Manor was turned into the orphanage that, yeah. that Riddler went to. And I, I I think that's something that I liked about the character of the Riddler was they did find a way to tie his origin into the actions of Bruce's family yeah. and the mob and all that. All that did link in together quite nicely. Gotham loves an orphan though, right? Like, yeah. The majority <laughs> of, the, majority of the, like, the things we see in Gotham, there's orphans everywhere. And, there's like, just so many orphans. Yeah, I think. Well, actually, I meant to say as well. Actually, one thing I did like about this—not Wayne Manor, but like the, the Wayne Tower, I guess, like the actual place—it's one of the first times that we actually see staff, other than Alfred. <laughs> yeah, what was her name again? Dory or something? Yeah, Dory or Dot or something. Like it was oh, the first I, time that we've actually seen staff. Like it's not just Alfred, and it makes sense. But it's just not really seen. I think in uh, Batman Begins, we briefly see a scene when... But that could easily be a caterer. Like, that's not necessarily staff. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, you're right. We don't see a lot of staff, but I'm pretty sure... Um, oh, I think in 1966, like the old TV series there... Hmm. Oh... I think there was a woman, there was like another member of staff. So it was called like Dorothy or Dot or something? I think so, maybe. <laughs> oh my fucking god, I'm trying to remember. Dorothy? Is it Dorothy? There was a there was a woman there who and the reason she was there this is so off the time was they were worried that people would think that Batman and uh, Robin were I'll gay. <laughs> they were like, "If we, we need a woman in the house," to, and I think it was like, <laughs> it was like, if she's there, they won't be getting into any, they won't be getting up to anything because she'll like keep them apart and shit. So they added. I think that that was a name, Aunt Harriet. Aunt Harriet, that is terrible. Aunt Harriet was. Uh, I think she was introduced in the comics. And then they put her into the the TV show, but yeah, when that when Dory turned up, I was like, "Is that a '66 reference? That's a weird reference." <laughs> but cool. different name, I guess. But yeah, I I I liked I liked the fact that you know because that fun set up by the Waynes was being embezzled into all the stuff that the people it was supposed to go to got fucked over, and it led to yeah. Riddler. Like I thought that was really good, and his whole the fact that like this is what I was talking about before. The fact that his riddles, he's given them to Batman as clues because he thinks they're working together. He sees Batman yeah. as his ally because Batman goes around and keeps saying to everyone that he's vengeance. And I love that little detail when everyone just calls him vengeance. Yeah, yeah. Like that's such a... I, I, I love that detail when Catwoman just keeps calling him vengeance. I did love the moment of panic as well on his face when he said, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. As if yeah. he was just going insane and he's like, Oh shit! He knows, and then he gives that moment of realization, like, oh, no, he's just crazy. <laughs> but they they play it off in such a way where it's like, or oh, maybe he does know. Yeah, you know, like there's enough there where it's like, well, it would make sense that he'd figure it out, but maybe he doesn't know. Like I think they they do a lot of that in this when um, you know, you have uh. The, the 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 death of the Waynes. It was probably Carmine Falcone, but you'll never quite know. Like yeah, it's it's a, they keep it ambiguous. There's not a you have enough there where you can go. That's probably what happened, but you'll never know for sure. Which is um, which is fun. It keeps it the fact that it's not like a closed case keeps that kind of anger towards it alive for him. I think which is yeah, which is interesting going forward. But I love the fact that the reason he's given him these riddles is because he's like, I know you'll solve that because you're trying to help me and we can help each other kill these people who fucked the city over because we're a team. And at the end, he has that panic where he's like, oh no, just, you're not you're not what I thought you were. Well, fuck you, it's too late anyway, I've already won. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought that was an interesting way to use the riddles. What about you? Is there anything, any other thoughts you had about this movie? I, uh, to be honest, I think nothing that I've said. I just thoroughly enjoyed the aesthetic. I think the cinematography of it was beautiful. I mean, like the dark, grimy, but then also the colours in it as well. They used colour perfectly 
at the times it was needed just to highlight the film it was just it was just incredible if like if you if you haven't seen it go see it it's just it's special it, it, it's genuinely incredible um what what would you say going forward if you had the choice between two what would you rather see a sequel to the batman or ben affleck's solo batman film Well, then that depends on what they put in each. Do you know what I mean? Like, it depends how they move forward. I do... I think, as it stands, I'd want to see the Batman sequel. Because I think they've built up a lot of stuff. I want to see Joker on screen again done properly. Yeah. I want to see Penguin rule an empire. I want to see the Riddler still be involved. I want to see Two-Face. I, I want to see all that shit. But then, if they did Affleck's Batman... As if he was, it would have to be Ben Affleck's Batman with Robin and Robin's death and the like, Jared Leto's Joker, but a good yeah. version of Jared Leto's Joker. Then I'd be interested in seeing that over the next Joker, the next Batman. I think, but as it stands, I'd want to see the the Batman, like the 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 Batman sequel. Yeah, yeah. I think personally, I would rather. I'd rather see Ben Affleck's Batman still. I still want to see that film. Yeah, yeah. I if it was a choice between a sequel to this movie or Ben Affleck's movie, I'd I'd want to see Ben Affleck's film. Because I, I, as much as I like this, and what's interesting is that the the ending of this film is similar to the ending of the Year Zero comic in the New Fifty Two, where the city's flooded and all that shit. And I think what ended up happening there. I never read Year Zero. I've just heard about stuff because the New 52 was kind of hard to keep track of. You had like comics being published where Superman was in the Justice League and at the same time there was comics being published where he was just learning to be Superman. It was a little messy, so I avoided a bunch of it. But I'm pretty sure (laughs) that it ended up with like a sort of no man's land situation like in the the 80s with that storyline where Gotham kind of gets carved up into these different sections. It leads to this gang war. Yeah. And at the end of this, Gotham's flooded, same way that it's flooded in the Year Zero comic, and it's by the Riddler. So part of me does think that a sequel to this could be a turf war between Joker and Penguin or whatever. I'd be so excited to see that. He's he's also talked about doing a... Um, Matt Reeves, I mean, he's talked about doing a grounded version of the Mr. Freeze story, because that story is very <laughs> heartbreaking and very tragic. And if yeah. you do it in a way that isn't camping over the top like the Arnold version was <laughs> I think you could get a really good story out of that yeah I'd love to see that I, I, I'd genuinely love to see that and I think there's if they're doing all these spin-offs there's room for all of it in the spin-offs and like the HBO Max stuff yeah I just I think you can you can like, you can sort of tease a character and maybe build a little bit of the origin of a character and then put him as a fully fledged villain into the film yeah exactly and you you could for example, they've you've seen a bit of Arkham Asylum. You do an Arkham Asylum show and you showcase a bunch of villains yeah. and you know, you could okay, maybe we won't be able to do the villains in the trilogy, but we can do them in that T V show. Same with Penguin. We'll do oh, we want we wanna have a we wanna do a story where Two Face and Penguin go to war with each other, but we yeah. don't have space for it in the movies, let's do it in the Penguin show. There's like lots of space for stuff like that. 
and I'm I'm excited to see this universe go forward. It's just it's the way that the dust has settled on this whole situation where Batman is again on his own, not just on his own in like a separate universe, but on his own as like a lone gun. He doesn't have a Robin, he doesn't have a Bat family. He barely has Alfred in this. Like Alfred helps him out a bit. But it's he helps like him with a crossword puzzle effectively and that's it. Yeah. There was a couple times did you notice there was a couple times in this movie where they'd have a clue, they'd follow that clue down, it would be wrong, and then they'd try a different thing and it would be right. Like they like fucking Alfred like spends all that time solving the cipher. Yeah. But because it, it was like the whole Alfred tries to solve the cipher, gives it to Batman. Batman's like, well, that's interesting, but how about we try this? And it was a different thing. And then with the El Rata, whatever it was, the, the Alfred's like, not Alfred, uh, Jim Gordon's like, hey, maybe it's this. And he's like, huh, but what if it's just URL? And it's a website page. And it was like, it's weird that they kept going down these like false avenues. I think it was... Yeah. I think it was part of the reason why it got to the Carmine Falcone bit. I didn't quite realise that that was what the case had been building to was capturing him because it felt like there was still stuff unsolved. I was like, this is yeah. this feels like a a sort of dead end almost. Like, I don't know, I just... I wanted that cathartic Sherlock Holmes moment where Batman's like, I've solved the case because of this, this and this. Instead, he watches a video where a guy's like, I'm going to blow up the city. And he's like, wow, we need to stop him blowing up. Oh, no, the city's already been blown up. <laughs> oh, dear. Let me just help, help, you know, like, as firefighters do. He's basically a glorified firefighter in this film, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like... I also, I saw people talk about, like, the scene where he saves the kid. And everyone's like, Shit. wow, he, he, he had such a great arc in this movie. And he does. But it does feel a little rushed because it isn't until the very last moment where he's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so brutal and mean. Yeah. Because you, you you get a few hints of that throughout the film. Um, Selena Kyle talked, by the way, Zoe Kravitz. Incredible. Oh, um, my favourite Catwoman. Hands down. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like the um, I like Hathaway, but Hathaway was like, no, Hathaway was good. Anyway, what? There was I... something about her I didn't like, but I can't remember what it is now. Oh yeah, I didn't like the fact that she just killed Bane so quickly. Yeah. Like yeah, they set build Bane up to be such a physical threat, and then at the end, just shot by Catwoman, very unceremoniously. <laughs> Um, but no, I do, I do like Hathaway. But this, this Catwoman, she just felt, she felt very year one, where she's got the grungy apartment, she's got the costume that she has, yeah. to, she has all the different identities, and you know, the fact she's Carmine's daughter, that straight from the comics, it felt like, oh, finally, Catwoman, they've done it. This is the Catwoman I've been waiting for. This isn't magic power, Catwoman. This isn't. She's just a woman who can steal things, Catwoman. This is a cat. She's got a fucking. She doesn't have the whip, but she's got that chain that she uses. Yeah, that was cool. Have you that... seen that picture of her drinking the milk? No. <laughs> it, was... <laughs> it was part of a photo shoot that she released to be like, oh, celebrating the Batman is in theaters today. 
and there's just this picture of her. She's got like a cat mask on, and she's like on her knees with a bowl of milk on a stool, and she's like licking the milk. And I was watching that. I was like, I feel like such a pervert seeing this picture. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. That's a new fetish unlocked. <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> oh my god. But yeah, great Catwoman. This is actually so, the second. This is the second time she's played Catwoman. When was? You'll never guess. But take a shot. Guess when? When would she have played Catwoman? It's going to be a cartoon thing, isn't it? Just stab in the dark. Animated. Animated. Animated yeah. Um. Don't Google it. Just guess. Uh. Is it an animated thing? Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. Well, I yes. I won't know. <laughs> well, just any. You. You. You've not heard. Of, you must have heard of a animated Batman film in the last few years. Film. Yeah. Oh, Lego Batman. Yeah, she was the voice of Catwoman in the Lego Batman <laughs> no movie. <way>. She... <laughs> I remember when she got cast, I was like, at first I thought it was a joke, because I was like, oh yeah, funny, because she was... she was Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. And then like she put a post being like, I'm so excited to, to bring this role to life, and I was like, oh, no, it's real. <laughs> she... Fucking hell. But she's... Um... Her and I swear her like... wrote Pattinson fucked. I just googled the... Uh... The, the picture of her drinking milk. My God, that is perfect, right? Like... <laughs> it's a great picture, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a great picture. <laughs> My God. Um, no way. No chance. I, I reckon they fucked. Jason every, fucking... every picture I've seen of Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz for all the promotion and all the fucking like, posters and shit, they look like two people very comfortable with each other's bodies. They definitely fu- they yeah, fucked they wearing the masks a hundred percent. I'd it's bet my mask. life on it. <laughs> I bet they were like they were hooking up. She had a Catwoman mask on. He had the Batman mask on. Oh, and if it didn't happen, she, I just like did. to picture it did. <laughs> Apparently, she did a steamy. She, Zoe Kravitz strips off for a steamy bedroom shoot with Batman co-star Robert Pattinson. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And they absolutely fucked hundred percent. They took it out of the movie because they realised they were actually fucking. And they're like, we cannot put porn in this movie. Is she actually with Jason Momoa? Yeah. No, she was like fucking Jason Momoa's daughter. What? Zoe Kravitz is Lenny Kravitz's daughter. And Lenny Kravitz's former ex-wife, who I forget the name of, <laughs> is who was married to Jason Momoa. <laughs> or was oh. at least with Jason Momoa. Zoe Kravitz oh. was Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. <laughs> Whoops! I thought I, th- I thought the Moore was like I thought she was he was with Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah, they definitely fucked him. Like, yeah, no. I've Who's I'm out. trying to Google who Zoe Kravitz's mom is. I um, can't remember. Lisa Bonnet. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Lisa Bonnet. <laughs> yeah, they definitely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um. Oh my god. Nicole oh. Wolf Manakapau Namakaha Keha Mamua. That is an impressive name. Anyway, I think it? Zoe Kravitz and Shannon Tatum are dating. Oh, is that 
is that That's why, why Jason Momoa and him are friends. Right. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it was it were we talking about that on the podcast? No, we were talking about it before, like at um at a little date. <laughs> oh yeah, we were, we saw the, I can remember. Yeah, cuz we were having that conversation, weren't we? You were like it's weird that Jason Moe and Chan Tate are friends, but that's yeah. why. <laughs> because of Zoe Kravitz. We solved it. <laughs> I think I think my other I think my other favourite line, just because I was about to say it there, is that bit where the penguin refers to Gordon and Batman as the world's greatest detectives as like a piss take. That's such a good line. No Pablo Espanol, fellas, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't wait to see him more in the next film. He's very understated in this film, and I'm so glad they did that. Well, I, I, I would bet my money that the Penguin series comes out before the, um, the film. Before the film, which fuck knows when we'd get over here, by the way, because there's still not said when Peacemaker's coming over here. So fuck knows when we'd get the HBO Max stuff. That Batgirl film's been filming here for months. Fuck knows when that's gonna come here because we don't get HBO Max. It's gonna be like a four-hour fucking feature. <laughs> You know what, right? I keep seeing things. This is a massive tangent, but I keep seeing things on like Twitter of being of people being like, "This month, this is everything that's leaving HBO Max," and I'm like, "Fucking, when does stuff get put on there?" All I hear about is stuff getting taken off. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Oh, but yes, yeah, so um. Yeah. Uh. What do you think the sequel will be? I, I think it would be, like I said, I think it would be Penguin um, and Joker battling out for Turf. Do the Turf War, yeah? Yep, and then obviously combining efforts in the end. But ultimately, like, then separating, like, one, like there's going to be, like, one are going to backstab one another or something like that. And then that's what I hope. That's what I want. I think, whatever, I, I think. Because there's talk of the Court of Owls being used, yeah. which yeah, I thought was going to be in this film. I thought there was going to be like some kind of like Court of Owl shit. There wasn't, um, which I was kind of like happy about because there was a bit where I was like, oh my God, they're doing Court of Owls because there's that line where the guy's like, this is everyone, this goes straight to the top. And it was just Carmine Falcone. And I was like, oh, it kind of changes things up. That's that's fun, I guess. But then I was sort of thinking, I was like, well... If Carmine Falcone has control of everything, but you've also got Court of Owls, that has to mean that Carmine Falcone was part of the Court of Owls. And is that too much to be like, you thought Carmine was on top of it? Well, actually, it's these guys. But the tease at the end of um, the Batman with Joker makes me feel like they're building Joker up to be a a bigger character, like a bigger threat. He's not just like a loose cannon, that he's got a plan for the city. So... Yeah, I want to see that side of him, the criminal mastermind. So I kind of wonder if maybe Joker knows about the Court of Owls. And he's going to start building allies to take out the Court of Owls and Batman's going to get caught in between the two. He seems a lot more of like a social, like a social manipulator, this Joker. Just from the small interaction we had, like he, he was able to manipulate the Riddler within seconds, do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like he's more of a social manipulator. And he's more 
not empathetic because it, it, it implies that he actually cares, but he seemed to be more like emotionally like understanding where he's like, it's okay, you did so good. Like he's, yeah. he sounds like he cares, whereas you know that Heath Ledger wouldn't have done something like that. Heath Ledger would have been like, you're cunt, you're shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to skin you, huh? Like that type <laughs> of thing. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like he's going, shh, it's okay, listen to me. Do as I say, type attitude. I'll lead you in the right path, yeah. But no, I um, overall Very great excited. film. Um, I can't wait to see it again. Oh yeah, same. I can't wait <laughs> to get. I'm I'm gonna get it 4K. I'm gonna get the Ooh, the full out. package. I'm gonna get the. Uh, I'm very excited. Whole whole comes exactly. It comes in the. Uh, it comes in like a nice black case. It will look great with the poster. Yeah. Did you get the poster? No, I didn't. I, did you pick up a poster? Was they, were they free? Well, I don't know because um, when I uh, when I was staying at my friend's the night before, her flatmate had gone to see it and she got a free poster. Oh, maybe it's just for like premiere. Oh, but it wouldn't have been the premiere she. Had. It wasn't. It wasn't the premiere she went to. It was it middle of the day. It was the same as. Oh, but I, I, but I think she went to the Cine World, so maybe, maybe View just weren't handing out posters. Oh, but I mean, to be fair, we got fucking declining seats. So yeah, the the Saint Enoch's view is nice. There's there's an endorsement. There you go. If you have um, <laughs> but no, it was a, it was a good film. I'm once again frustrated with the state of DC films, but you know that's, that, that's enough, it's yeah. just the way. It's just every <laughs> DC movie is going to leave me going fucking why? God fucking damn it! <laughs> Until like this, you die out of just sheer. Action. Yeah, it, we've got Wonder Woman has her own solo movie. Superman has his own solo movie, and the Batman has his own solo movie. But it's in a separate universe from the other two, and won't meet the other two. Just fuck off! Just oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> well, so this sounds like a good a good point to uh... <laughs> every every time I talk about DC films that are like current and out now, I just get pissed off. Fuck's sake! Can't sleep for weeks. Just angry. <laughs> because uh, honestly, this this could if you if you change J.K. Simmons or you change Jeffrey Wright because those actors do not look alike. One's black, <laughs> one's white. They're about the same age as well. They like feel the same age, yeah. or whatever. Like you'd have to change one of them. You'd have to change um, Alfred in the Batman to make him because like Jeremy Irons plays it very sassy, very like gentlemanly, whereas the Alfred in this film is more, much more of a soldier, much more Cotton of like a fire. fuck you. Exactly, Black yeah. <laughs> so you'd probably have to change that a bit. Not too much, because I think Alfred in, in the in the other stuff, the Jeremy Irons version, is supposed oh, okay. to be ex-military as well. Yeah. He's, he's got more sort of like privileged ex-military. Yeah, like exactly. Grand level fighter. Alfred feels like he's like had a drowned terrorists in rivers. <laughs> yeah, he's, he feels a lot more SAS than Irons did. Irons felt like a... Like an officer, like a commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Exactly, so like, you'd have to change those things and you'd have to change the tower to the the penthouse. You wouldn't even have to just keep the tower. It's 20 years before. Yeah. It, it would still work. You the, yeah. This movie could could function as a prequel to Ben Affleck's Batman. And there's no... Personally, the feeling of this movie, yes, it's grounded, but if 
in the second one, he's fighting Clayface or Poison Ivy, and they can control plants or whatever, it wouldn't feel out of place. Like, yeah. I'm sick of this, because this is the second, I guess the third, kind of whatever. This is like another take on Batman, where they're like, no, we've got to keep him as realistic as possible. Like, fuck off, no you don't. He has everything he owns. He makes look like a bat. That's ridiculous. But it's awesome. It doesn't have to be realistic. It just has to be fucking cool. Let him just be Batman. Let him do Batman shit. Let him fight Clayface. Let him have a Superman. (laughs) Stop doing this shit. Just, Just fuck off. God. Fucking DC, man. I'll never change. <laughs> Maybe with Discovery taking over, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, so that means that the next DC project to come out, uh, the project that is apparently going to change the hierarchy of the DC universe, uh, Black Adam. Yeah. Oh. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I just I'm not a big fan of the Rock. I went off of him, and I think yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, but you know, but you know who's in that movie? Superman. No, <laughs> Doctor Fate. Oh yeah, yeah. Although Superman might be in that movie, we don't know. But Doctor Fate's in that movie, and he oh, looks amazing. Superman being the next one, right? Something like that. They've, the, I think it was like one of the producers or something was like, "No, we know that to fight people want to see him and doing what we can to make it happen." It's like, "What do you mean you're doing what you can? Just cast Henry, just bring Henry Cavill back. Just it's as easy as that." The company. <laughs> you, you have the suit. You've used the suit in Shazam. Just get the actor in the suit. Why is it so difficult? Just, just get Henry Cavill. Or if, for whatever reason, you don't want to use Henry Cavill, use the Flash movie to recast him. Yeah. You're doing it with Keaton, do it with Superman as well. Don't get rid of Superman. If you have to get rid of Cavill, get rid of Cavill. I just want Superman. You shouldn't get rid of Cavill. They shouldn't get rid of Cavill, but if they have to, for whatever reason. Like... Oh, just... Fuck! Just come on, fuck! Anyway, anyway, once again, another, a, a rant for another day. Yeah, <laughs> fucking DC. But yeah, so um, next week we're talking about the Lord of the Rings, aren't we? Yeah. Is there something so we've not talked about in this film? Well, I mean, I, I feel like we've spoken about everything. We spoke about Catwoman, Penguin, Falcone. Spoke about the ending. Do you think the detective stuff was good? Like, do you think there was some good detecting, some good riddles? Do you think that side oh, of thing I, I, was... I enjoyed the riddles. I enjoyed that Batman knew the riddles. It showed, like... They definitely showed that he was better than the average detective. Yeah, that um, he was smart. But he just hadn't quite found his way yet. But they, I love that they have that... They they still highlight his privilege. I like that they, they have that for... Because he, he notices the blood mark on the floor. He recognises yeah. what the weapon is as a murder weapon. But because he's white privilege... Yeah. And he's rich and stuff. He didn't realise what it was, that it was a carpet scraper. Yeah, I didn't fucking know what it was. And it, it looks very ornate as, like, a carpet scraper. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, it looked like it was fucking silver. And it had, like, what's like, yeah, like... detail. <laughs> it was like, that's a very posh carpet scraper. But, or Tucker, whatever it was. But it was like, oh, that's that's a fun way to, like... Batman's weakness or like his the thing that sort of let him down was his privilege. He's still got that privilege. He's not 
he needs to um I was gonna say he needs to get down with the people and then realise that makes me sound like an old man. Down with the folk. But like it it Yeah, he's sure that there was a sort of class disconnect, which is interesting, because Nolan would touch on that a lot, but you'd never really have Batman go, hey, you're right, maybe there is a class issue there. Yeah. A lot of people go, you're fucking privileged white guy, Bruce Wayne, just be like, eh, well, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? I can buy and sell you. (laughs) Exactly. He he, he he didn't buy any banks, he didn't buy any restaurants, he didn't buy... Anything no, he didn't. There was no... I wonder if we'll get the Playboy side of him in the next film. Or if we'll see him try and figure that out. Because I bought a bank and... Yeah. He did they, buy they a bank. Just to get what else? Back. Yeah, we should, we should rank the Batman movies by what they bought in those movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'd have to, we'll have to do some deep digging. It was <laughs> some like, 60s thing where he bought like a country. Just <laughs> yeah. <to> keep... <laughs> The joke <laughs> we have to go back and watch that entire show. <laughs> oh, fuck, oh. he bought Jamaica in this one. That means he's <laughs> the best Batman. But no, I was, I was just, I feel like we've missed something. I feel like there's a part of the movie that we've not talked about. I don't know, I think, I think we've spoken about everything. Because, like, we've spoken about all the, we've spoken about the villains. We've spoken about, like, possibilities, sequels, futures. I, we'll, we'll pause the recording. And I'll we'll like I'll like save it. I'll be like, right, cheers, man. That's cool. I'll speak to you next week. And then I'll like I'll wake up in the dead of night and I'll be like, fuck, we forgot to talk about so and so. Well, what if worst we can always just record a little bit and then sneak it in. We'll sneak it in after this bit where we talk about, hey, we maybe we'll sneak something in, and this is where we'll sneak it in. <laughs> yeah, but don't reference it. Don't say anything. It's just it's <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> a very obvious cut. <laughs> so on the topic of realistic batman uh this one is very um this one's very grounded very uh practical one might say yeah practical um the last batman we had was in like a gray (laughs) rubber suit which i fucking loved it was cool very cool um it was very accurate to the comics the the affleck suit um the the cowl even though it had the same kind of like look as the older bat suits with the neck and shit, it had a lot more maneuverability. Whereas this one, this suit reminds me more of Daredevil from the Netflix stuff. Yeah, it's very sort of like ta- tactical gear, really, isn't it? Like it's, it's it looks like plates of metal that he's put together himself. Yeah, yeah, but like spe- army, ta- army tactical gear. Like. Yeah. But specifically the cowl, what do you think of, like, the open jaw? Because Bale's sort of just, like, his suit in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises kind of just showed his mouth. Uh, yeah. Whereas this one has a full open jaw. What do you think of that? So I like it in regards that it's different. I definitely I, I like it for that point. But I, I guess in a sense it's a bit like... I feel like you could tell it was Bruce Wayne if you looked at Batman long enough. And if you and if you obviously you thought about Bruce Wayne, I, I feel like you could figure it out a lot closer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's part of the reason why I always want them to put um, white lenses in the eyes because I feel like it, yeah. it hides more of the face yeah. um, if you can't see someone in the eyes. Um, but yeah, the I swear, jaw, jawline is a very big teller of who somebody is, and like it's a very big facial feature that somebody would get recognized for. True. Um, that being said, the the first shot. Um, 
when he when he's sort of revealed for the first time. Um, I it didn't look like Robert Pattinson to me. Not gonna lie, like that really? first moment where you where like you see him in the suit and like it's his first appearance. It didn't look like Robert Pattinson. It just looked like Batman to me. I'd have to go back and rewatch and and see if I could see that. Um, but, but no, I, I, guess... I, no, go ahead. Here's a fun detail: Robert Pattinson and Charlie Cox were roommates together in London. Oh no way! And as well as them two were in a house alongside um, Jamie Dorman, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, who's now Newt Scamander in the Fantastic Beasts series. No way. And Andrew Garfield, who was Spider-Man. But they were all in the same like house, just like an acting house, I guess. I, I, I think they were like friends who just all lived together and they were like in London while they were trying to get their career started. That's cool. That's so cool. And they all became leading men in their own franchises. Massive leading men as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, fucking... Like household names. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. That's fucking... But yeah, that was just fun detail. Uh, yeah, what do you think of... Um, what do you think? Because there's a few bits and pieces in the suit that I don't think they ever really explained. Like he's got those things on his gauntlets that look like darts or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure what they were. I didn't know if they were like replacement um, bolts for the the zip line or whatever. Like the, oh, the, oh, the grappling hooks thing. Yeah, I, I thought they might be replacement things for that. But like I know like some like in the past, not necessarily for Batman, but usually they use like if you have like lines across there it's like extra armor so maybe it's like extra armor to protect his arm I'd... maybe do you think it'll be explained in like a sequel do you think they'll keep the same suit throughout and reveal more tricks and gimmicks I'd, I mean I hope so but I, I don't think they'll go too much in depth I think I think they'll just use it as like oh yeah he has this now and, oh he's, he's got that do you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah because that because like the the Avengers films for Captain America suit after Winter Soldier, they basically kept the same design, but would change the colours up. So it's the exact same layout, oh, like yeah. the the stealth suit he has in Winter Soldier. It's it, his next few suits all have the exact same model. It's just the colours change out. Um, right. So I wonder if they do something like that, where they keep the same basic shell, but they'll add something or they'll they'll recolor it or whatever. Yeah. What did you um? So what did you think about the the bat um, the batarang almost like coming out of the chest? Like... Well, yeah, because that was there was um that was a big talking point when the suit first got revealed back in like fucking twenty nineteen or whatever it was, <laughs> a lifetime ago. Long time but ago, it people saw that that emblem, and because it wasn't just like a flat two D decal, uh, people were like, oh, that looks like. The gun that killed his parents, <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was very specific to guess that straight away. So, but I suppose so it kind of. You told me about that before we went in, and the whole time, every single time I'd see it, I was like, "Do you know? What? It kind of looks like a gun. It, it, it kind of does look like a broken up gun. You, you might, they might be right, like, but then yeah." And I thought there'd the be an explanation, but there never is. Yeah. However, because it is cool that he like takes it off and he sort of uses it as a knife, um, like he cuts yeah. the police tape when he's sneaking into that apartment yeah. or whatever and um that's cool but like practicality wise having a big plate of metal on your <laughs> chest 
surely that would get in the way if you're having to like move around and like punch people in fairness like his whole like if you look at his whole suit of armor it is all just a big plate of metal so i guess like there's nothing there's no flexibility there anyway like he's he's it's on top of his chest plate so like the abs move and shit like that so i guess like the flexibility wouldn't matter because true but like the plates around the abs are like layered so you can look and like the same with the shoulder pads they they look like you could move them around whereas the chest plate instead of it being two separate like chest plates over his his pecs fuck for a better word there's yeah. no like there'd be no flexibility there because there's just a big metal I mean. piece of so like, the the batman thing wouldn't matter in a sense i mean like the the bat thing doesn't make it immovable it's the actual chest plate itself like the do you get what I mean? Yeah, true, but I feel like if you... It looks like if you took that out, it would move better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I <laughs> like, do, you, mean... do you reckon there's times where like he's fighting and he's like, fuck, let me just take this off first and I'll, <laughs> I'll get to it. Just chuck it down at the side and then start fucking going hammering people. Yeah. But it's also like, what if he loses it? He has to, he has to find another gun that his parents got shot with. And then, uh, <laughs> he has to lure kids into an alleyway and then when they're about to get shot, he can save them and be like, right... I can use that gun now. He's got a whole routine. <laughs> he has to, yeah. He's got about five stockpiled up already like, in the last <laughs> two years. So. Luring orphans into alleyways so he can get a new batarang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because there was, there was a couple... Like I like the grapple gun, the way it kind of like comes out of his sleeve. Um, yeah, it's very cool. I, I, it does feel like a very practical bat suit. I like um, that it's got the tack pouches on as well. Like It actually makes yeah. sense. Like Rather than these cool artistic like press a button and like, it pops out it's literally just cl- clip on buttons that he like has to undo and like take little vials out and shit i like it it's, it's practical it's so practical yeah it's it's way better than um in the first batman film well the the first keaton batman film um i i think his bat bell actually had like kind of like like wench system or whatever it's called like oh, um yeah. where you'd press a button and like all the stuff was around the back, and he'd press a button, and it would like come round the belt to the front. That's just so impractical. Like, and it, it's if, so like, impractical and so flimsy that you barely see it on screen. So many things could break. So many things could get jammed. Like, it's not. If you thing. fall on your back, that's all of your gear <laughs> broken. <laughs> yeah, and then even then, if you're on your back getting beaten up, you can't flick it round because it's trapped like, yeah. you're trying to like get your fucking grappling hook around but it's caught on something it's like trapped <laughs> in the cape and you can't get it around oh, but dude, um ridiculous. same with uh same with um nolan's batman like nolan's batman they, they make a whole effort of like the the symbol on his belt isn't a bat it's a shape that happens to look like a bat uh, like they went into like okay how do we make how do we say he's got a bat belt without him having to put a bat on it. Like, how do we get it practical and realistic? <laughs> but then it's just loads of little pouches that are all the same size that you couldn't fit anything in. Yeah. No, so, it yeah, I, I, awesome. it is my favourite bat suit. And I think just, it's because it remi- it's armoured and plated and all that shit. It looks yeah. like the Arkham suits a little bit, like in Arkham Knight. I, I, I love that shit. I'm sort of scrolling through... Um... Yeah, and it like I'm scrolling through like Google on it, and it like yeah, it, there's so many comparisons to it. It's unreal. But, but if you look at the Arkham suit in Arkham Knight, where his bat logo is, the bat logo is actually made up of a bunch of little plates, so oh, it yeah. has flexibility and can move. <laughs> the exact opposite of Pattinson's, where he's just got a bit a bit 
strip of metal across his chest. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, but yeah, the the other kind of bit of tech as well is uh, well, there's there's. The, I mean, you've got the the eye lenses in his face, yeah. which fun detail. The reason why he's walking so slowly in every room is because his lenses are recording. Oh yeah, so, so he wants to, to sure. yeah, make sure he gets everything, which I thought was fun. I didn't clock that until after the fact. Um, Smart detail. Yeah, um, you know he's he's got like um, his little journals that he keeps notes of things, but the real the real piece of tech, the fucking. The thing that everyone was kind of shitting on a little bit because it looked just like a car, but I really enjoyed, is the it Batmobile. So cool. I mean, it, it just it, it looked so 80s, but so awesome at the same time. Yeah, it it felt like a. It took all the best bits from all the Batmobiles. Um, I say the best bits from all the Batmobiles. It felt like it took the 60s Batmobile and the 80s Batmobile, made them fuck, and then. The kid was raised by the tumbler. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was so fucking awesome. Like, and, I, 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 there wasn't a great deal of gadgets on it, but it was like powered to fuck. Like it was so quick as well. So, I mean, like, no, no, there wasn't a lot of gadgets, but it, like, yeah, it, it, you don't really need it because it is like very early days, and its introduction felt like it felt like a, a, a wild animal. It was, it was so loud, and like the fucking noise from it was just awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like. And the terror in Penguin's face, it was so... Like, they frame it like it's a monster. That bit where it's in yeah. the trailer, that great shot they use in the in one of the trailers, where Penguin thinks he's got the Batman, thinks he's fucked, and then the Batmobile comes through the fire, rolls the car over, and it's yeah. just a fear in Penguin's eyes when it comes through the flames. It's like oh. it's like a something out of a monster film, really. It was, yeah, genuinely. Like, it, it was... It, Oh, it, I'd hate to have that chase me in my little fucking sit. But, <laughs> Same. <laughs> but I also, I, I also kind of thought it was interesting that it wasn't his main vehicle. Yeah, I, I mean the motorbike. I remember everybody saying the motorbike was meant to be sort of like, um, like old fashioned. Oh, it's going to be set in the past, but it's just a normal motorbike. I liked it. Like it was. It was I think it's got a of... bit of like bat detail on the front. Yeah, it's kind got, of. It's got the ears. It's got the ears yeah. of a suit on the front, and that's that's kind of it. Which I was, I'm, I'm interested about the fact that they've, they've gone for the bike. I suppose it's more practical because the fact that Gotham is so tightly cramped, having a bike that can weave through, you know, tiny spaces makes more sense. It feels more, um, oh yeah, I don't know, ergodynamic or whatever, more streamlined that it can like squeeze through small spaces, yeah. and then you have that. Catwoman also has a bike, so there's fun parallels between the bat and the cat there and all oh, that stuff. And, and the scene when they sort of like switch off, it's, it's oh, it's sweet, it's cute. I like. It's it. very, it's very cute, it's very cute. <laughs> but I um, I'm curious because like the bike to me was always more of a Robin thing. Like yeah, Batman has the Batmobile, Robin has the bike. And they've given maybe everyone. Everyone gets a bike in this in this universe. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess because like over time, like he's always had a bike. Like in fucking, in obviously Bale's universe, he had a bike and a car, and he had a bike that was a car or a bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Because I, but... I think I think in the sixties one, the the car could like separate into a bike or something like that. 
um, maybe. But and, and they took that concept and were like, we're going to make it realistic. And the bike sort of pops out the front. Um, we're also getting a Batbike in the Flash film. Oh, cool. An, an Affleck Batbike. Yeah, an Affleck. Or a yeah, scooter for um, <laughs> it actually, it, Yeah, it's a little, little fucking like, trike yeah. thing. Goes 20 miles an hour. No, but Affleck's getting a, a bat bike, and I I actually saw it. Me and Seb saw it in Glasgow. Um, they oh, were filming cool. some scenes for it, and uh, it looks really fucking good. Awesome. The suit as well for that new film looks really cool as well. Looks more tactical, but still has the same details of the other Batfleck suits. Sweet. So, so cool. but all yeah. in all, what, good good uh, good interest into it. Like liked it. What the uh, the gear, the Batmobile, yeah, and all that did stuff? You enjoy it? Did you like it? Yeah, I I did. It felt very, it felt very practical, and it also felt like because it felt realistic because it wasn't like every single thing that he had got used. You know, like in a James Bond film where James Bond gets given a bunch of gadgets and he uses every single one, oh, and it's for the exact right scenario. <laughs> this one he didn't, so it made it feel a bit more like real that he had all this stuff. But he just used what he needed to use. Um, I also thought it because Wayne Ta- because it's not Wayne Manor, it's Wayne Tower. Having Wayne Tower above a subway station that isn't being used anymore was a fun way to get a Batcave. Having the Batcave be a subway station underneath Wayne Tower makes more sense in this universe, I suppose, since they've moved away from Wayne Tower. Although it is a shame because. Once again, it's going to be a bat cave that doesn't have the big dinosaur, the big penny, and all that stuff, like all the little things from the comics. Um, who knows? Maybe in the new timeline in the DCEU, Keaton will have a big dinosaur and a big penny. Um, but no, I think uh, I think they did a good job of bordering the line between realistic, practical, but also futuristic and fantastical like they, they they blended the two together um i just hope that in the future we get more fun kind of comic stuff we get batman's snowsuit and we get batman's scuba suit and all that stuff but yeah for the most part i think this film did a good job of portraying the batman gear in a realistic way right yeah really good point i, I completely agree with that what was your favourite moment from the film? Um, so my favourite part of the film, I think, it's either when they're interrogating Penguin and he says, like, nos hablos, espanol or whatever. Like, I, I just, I love that. Or it's when he's beating up the, when he's, it's when he first joined, like, you first see him as Batman when he comes out of the shadows and he beats up them thugs. That. I love how they set that up where it's like all the thugs like looking off into different shadows like fuck is Batman there? I love that. Oh, yes, that. Yeah, so, yeah. so good. I love the fact that because Penguin's feet are chained up after he's been interrogated he does the little penguin waddle. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's, 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 that's quite fun. fun. That's so um, I think my favourite bit oh I think my favourite scenes are him and Catwoman. I can't pick a favorite, but I love his dynamic with Catwoman. That whole, um, that whole back and forth, cat and mouse, for lack of a better term. Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I I that dynamic was really fun and it was um it was fun seeing it on screen. Um, but if I had to pick one moment, uh, oh, it's quite hard. It is because there's there's it's a long film, so there's a lot that happens. I think the opening is stronger than the ending. I think the beginning really yeah. fucking grabs you. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe it is when he steps out the shadows. Maybe that is my favorite bit, which is a shame because that's right at the start. Which means it peaks way too soon. <laughs> but just the, he fucking just steps I out the dark. The yeah. I no, I I do like the end. I do like the end when he's um he's sort of carrying everyone to safety. But it felt like there was something missing. I can't. I have to watch it again. But it felt like there was something missing in that film. Um, it might be the feeling that they're building onto something else. Do you know what I mean, like, that's yeah, how I felt about the end. Like, I was I was sad that it was ending, and it just felt like nothing really major happened because it feels like they're building up for something big. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was yeah. Overall. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. We'll watch it again. I think I'm actually about to pre order the 4K Blu ray, so it's uh, good to go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so next week we're talking about The Lord of the Rings. Exciting. Very excited for that. We're going on a little uh, fantasy um, bout for a couple of weeks because then we're going to do The Hobbit and then probably something else after that. And then we'll do something else after that until the end of time. (laughs) <laughs> we would just continue this endless cycle yeah every week we're going to talk about views. nerd stuff <laughs> exactly and then eventually one point one of us will have a nervous breakdown and all hopefully just, we'll get it yeah. on recording and it all depends on what DC does next <laughs> you're on thin ice DC you're on thin fucking ice <laughs> uh, oh, turns yeah. into the Riddler like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah so um, it'll be a few months before our next DC film we've got I think May is when Black Adam comes out so we've we've got time we've got a few more months before DC pisses off again <laughs> yeah sorry were you saying something a minute ago because my audio cut out again and yeah I'd... I no I can <laughs> tell I, your audio is spiking to fuck so I'm just I'm, we're just gonna end it here <laughs> I'm so sorry it's, I'm so sorry it's, it's like you're trying to speak to me from another dimension <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will sort it I will sort it out for next week bye it's guys so, you're so loud you're so loud <laughs> I haven't changed any settings. All of a sudden, your audio's like flashing into the red. <laughs> what are you doing? Is that better? That's better. There you go. That's much better. That's much better. Right. Oh. So, yeah, follow Cape Verse at whatever. Do you like. Live your own life. Facebook, Instagram. Do you fucking want. <laughs> do you fucking want. I don't care. Don't touch, I do don't not touch care. little kids. <laughs> I, I just fuck everything and everyone. <laughs> Right, see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.